0: (laughs) Oh my, thank you God. This question answer thing is going to be fun. (laughs) We didn't even ask you guys nothing. I'm going to take these home, I think. But we have a lot of online students, they have questions, and they're good questions. Oh my goodness, we need a week just to answer questions. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That was... (laughs) <laughs> that was just a, a comment because there's so many of it
1: <laughs>
0: thank you lord i want to wrap up let's jump right into it for time's sake uh, remember we were talking about baptism of the holy spirit and how it was two separate jesus breathed on them do you guys remember Breathe on them in John 20, receive Holy Spirit, right? But in Luke 24, he told them to tarry in the city for the promise of the Father to come, that he would come and that they would be baptized, not with water, but the fire of the Holy Spirit, right? Baptized in the Holy Spirit and endued with power to be a witness. So we realized it's two different things. What happened in John 20 was their born again experience where their spirit was recreated, regenerated, refathered. Just like when God breathed into Adam and he became a living being, they once again could live in God again. Why? Because of the power of the blood. Because the blood removed all sin as if man never ate that tree. Jesus breathed life back into man. That's what happened in John 20. Receive Holy Spirit. Bam. But he said there's more. There's more to come. The person of Holy Spirit's going to be in you and upon you. And he's going to undo you with power to be a witness. So that's a big deal. And there's two places in the Bible it talks about communion and fellowship with Holy Spirit, okay? So you want to know him as a person. We looked at all the scriptures. So I know there's a couple visitors popped in. There's some students that weren't here. You'll just have to catch up on the whole thing we covered, but I want to finish that out. But we covered all the scriptures in John where Jesus talked about Holy Spirit, remember? You guys good with this? we just recap real quick. I I can do this real fast and just, he's gonna pray to the Father. We're gonna receive another helper and 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 we're gonna receive him and we're gonna know him and he's gonna live in us and be with us and he's not gonna leave us as orphans. You know, we were talking with, I was talking with a student, there's so much talk about the orphan spirit. You're not an orphan when you're a Christian. You have a father and Holy Spirit lives in you 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 can't possibly be an orphan <laughs> you have a father <laughs> and, and uh so just rejoice and you're not fatherless you know you have a father you shared that as your testimony last night it was beautiful she said I know I have a father now I'm like yes you do you know uh he's he's in in John 14 verse 26 he's uh He's going to teach us all things and bring to our remembrance everything that Jesus said. Isn't that amazing? Yes. Oh, what a friend. That's good. He's not just going to give us his advice. He says he's not going to speak on his own authority. Why? Because the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are one. Because their will is the same. Their character, their nature, it's three in one. You can't separate who they are. But yet they seem to have a function in our life. The love of the Father, the grace through Jesus, and the fellowship of Holy Spirit. That's why I baptize that way, because I want people to understand God's love, that released grace through Jesus to get us back home. You get it? It's intimate, it's important, it's powerful. So do you understand that what I'm teaching right now separates you from just being theological and doctrinal and talking about the word versus knowing God? and there is a huge difference. There's people that put their identity in their ability to quote the Bible and read the Bible and well the Bible and talk spiritual, but the person of Holy Spirit allows us to know God. It's amazing. So I don't, just don't want Bible knowledge. <laughs> I just don't want to talk about the Bible. <laughs> I want to know Him. You follow me? I don't know why I feel that so strong to hit that, but that's the whole goal and purpose of Jesus get us back to the father not back in the knowledge of the father back to knowing the father back to being fathered it's all about intimacy it's all about knowing him in the person of Holy Spirit if he's going to show us all things to come if he's not going to speak on his own authority that means he's talking to us if he's going to show us things to come and reveal all things and all things that are Jesus's he's going to declare them to us And all things that the Father has are mine, Jesus says. That means everything that's the Father's has been given to us and ministered to us by Holy Spirit. So what are we lacking? Probably just faith and trust in Him. (laughs) So let's just keep growing. Amen. We're not lacking any good thing. It's the Father's good pleasure. It makes Him feel good to give you the kingdom. Amen. Okay. So so he's the helper verse 26 of John 15. He's the spirit of truth, not opinion. <laughs> And he proceeds from the Father and he testifies of Jesus. In John 16, he says, It's to your advantage in verse 7 that I go. If I don't go, the helper won't come. But if I go, I will send him to you. See, when Jesus goes, he sends the Spirit, another helper, just like me, alos in the Greek. He's the same kind as me. He's, he's like me. He's the way I am. He's he's literally who I am. He's The Spirit is the Lord. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. You get it? Oh my goodness, that's so powerful to me. And it's to our advantage, because why? If Jesus goes, Holy Spirit will do in His absence what Jesus would do if He was here Himself. Only He'll do it in as many as would believe. So God will make Himself multiply into as many as would believe The, the, the Spirit of the Lord. So we can all walk in Christ, we're the body of Christ. Christ in me is the hope of manifesting God. You get it? So it's to our advantage, so so they're thinking don't go, but we love you, you're the best thing that ever was and ever will be, don't go, right? Peter tried that, they can't kill you, this will never happen to you. You're thinking like a man, not God, get behind me. (laughs) right? It's sentimental. It's, he doesn't understand. If, if he goes, he's going to send a helper and live in as many as would believe and multiply himself. A seed's going to die and fall to the ground, spring up and bear much fruit, right? Each seed after its own. So a bunch of little Christians, Christ-like ones. That's what the word means. Oh my goodness. We call ourselves Christians and grow up with the idea, well, that was Jesus, But we call ourselves little Christ-like ones. Don't realize what we're calling ourselves when we say Christians. And many of us grew up in circles. Well, brother, but that was Jesus. Don't take this too far. We're just people. Well, we're people filled with the Spirit of God now. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead and He'll quicken us and He'll give us wisdom and understanding and we're in the know. We're not in the dark, we're in the light. Come on, we're the children of God. That is not presumptuous, that's God's idea. We're the body of, the embodiment of Christ. Oh, I love it. I'm happy about it. So just believe it, it'll make you happy too. Because <laughs> you'll start enjoying him. Amen. It's false humility to act like so humble to not receive what God's saying is true, like if we don't, and, and try to raise him up by lowering yourself. That is a false, twisted humility. It, is, it serves nothing. Humility receives if God says I love you, humility says thank you If God says I want to come and live inside of you and do the things I did through Jesus through you. Oh, that's amazing come Not who me. Yeah, but I'm just me and your God and oh, but we worship you Come on the best way you can worship him is manifest him and walk in truth The best way you can bring him honor is say yes to everything he says about you through his son Amen It's not just with your song. It's with your life lived in him, surrendered to him in agreement with him. Pride resists, humility receives. The more you say yes to God, the more humble of a person you are. Because who are we to resist him when he says something about us and then we try to talk it down? Come on, think with me. He seems to think you're worth filling with his spirit. He seems to think you're worth the shedding of the blood of his son. And we're going to say, who, me? You better believe it because God knows the truth about you and the potential and the destiny and the legacy you could leave. Come on, it's intimate and it's true. We've been talking about it for 13 weeks. We just end on that note, you know. it's just keep it in front of us. Because life tries to steal that truth away, doesn't it? You look in the mirror and start thinking things contrary to what I'm saying right now. You hear things through an ear that doesn't say that because of other people and people not knowing this truth and get caught up in life and all of a sudden this great truth slips away and yet it's still here. Take earnest heed of the things you've heard, Hebrews 2. At least they slip away. Paul said it's not tedious to write the same thing to you over and over, for you it's a safeguard. That's why I say some of these same things over over. And over and over, so I believe Holy Spirit will drill him into us. <laughs> and if we think any other way, He'll go ba 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 ba. Come on, God, do it! <laughs> oh, that would be awesome. See so you guys driving. Oh, get him, Jesus! Thank you, Lord. Because <laughs> who knows? Your mind drifts and wanders and holds its own conversations sometimes, <laughs> and just goofy stuff. <laughs> come on! Thank God for truth. Yeah. So he's going to go away. The helpers come in. He's going to convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. He's going to. Who convicts the world? Holy Spirit. He can sure do it through your life. He can sure do it through your words. But you're not trying to change men. You're modeling a life in front of men. And men change because of the goodness of God in your life. And your words carry weight when your life backs up what you say. It's very important to live the life (laughs) So your words have weight. Amen? It's very important. I've seen families get in little rifts and things and, they, and it's all over words and beliefs and doctrines and there's no life to even back up what they're fighting over believing. Just live the life. You don't have to compel your family to change. Just be like Jesus. And let that all work out in Holy Ghost. But don't you let anything change you but Him. Your war is never flesh and blood. Don't you be deceived. It's not trying to get your family to shake their head with you and agree with you. It's you living the life and having the integrity and the faith and the honor towards what you say you believe to give your life to it. That's what impresses people if you're willing to live it. When I first got saved, my dad didn't understand. I was his son. So he had a belief growing up in the way he grew up that I couldn't ever tell him anything because I'm his son and he's my dad so that I could never, like, teach him, and when I got saved, I just was excited, and and I just shared what was going on, but he knew how messed up I was, and he knew my marriage was done, and I kind of grumbled and frustratedly poured out my heart to him one day, because he said, man, what's going on over there, I said, well, and then a week later, I'm like, saved and he's like you're on some pink cloud you know so last week you were this and all of a sudden you're this that's how the gospel works Dad. <laughs> <laughs> I just changed old things died and something new rose up and it's Jesus and he's amazing and I was sharing a little and he took offense got real personal with me took offense screamed at me I mean you have no idea he, did, he didn't know he's just upset and he took it personal and I didn't know what was going on I was like oh my goodness I'm just fresh saved and I was just and I wasn't preaching at him or telling them they need to get their life together I was just sharing what happened in my heart and he tried to caution me. And who knows when your heart's on fire and somebody tries to caution you, you don't handle that probably. You just keep <laughs> burning. <laughs> so I kept burning and he took offense to that. Like, you need to listen to me, boy. <laughs> and was, I remember he was really yelling in my face. And I just said, Dad, look, sorry. And my mother was like, now look, would the Lord appreciate you two being like this? And <laughs> she was trying to stop us. I said, Mom. I'm not saying a thing, Dad. I'm sorry. I'm leaving. I got to the front door. My 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 spirit man rose up at me. It was amazing. He said, "Your dad just can't hear you because you're his son. He believes you can't tell him anything because you're his son." And there's 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 a mentality there. There's and and I thought, okay. And then I felt. I went right back in the house. I peeked in, and I was like, "Hey." I said, Dad, and he was going over the whole thing with Mom. How dare that boy? (laughs) I walked in, and he's laying it out on Mom. (laughs) And I said, Dad, you know, I just heard in my heart at the door that the only reason you can't hear me is because I'm your son. And you think because you're my dad and I'm your son, I can't ever teach you anything. But I said, I'm not three, and I'm not 13. I'm 33. And just wonder if I do see something now. I said, I love you guys. And I walked out. Oh, it pierced him like a sword. Because <laughs> I wasn't telling him what he's doing wrong. I was just offering a thought to consider. He called me three days later. Broke and said, I can't get the words out of my head that you spoke to me. He said, and I want to say I'm sorry for the way I acted. I really blew up and it was ridiculous. I'm sorry. So I didn't say anymore. I just lived the life. So about five, six months later, I'm leaving their house and I'm going out the door and he usually walks to the front door and says bye and when I got out on the step he grabbed my arm I turn around he just started bawling and he just grabbed me now here's a cool thing I grew up with an alcoholic dad never remember him saying I love you he used to be drunk and tell me I'm going to be nothing all the time because that's what he felt like Mm -hmm. now watch I could be walking just so needing my dad to affirm me And then on the day he affirms me, oh, (laughs) yeah, it's like the big victory, like until he does that. Who knows? I'm already affirmed, free, and blessed. So my dad comes out and taps me, and you would think this is the day you're living for. No, I didn't know it. I was living for this day. So watch what happens. So my dad touches me and grabs me, and he starts bawling. I said, Dad, what's going on? I just so honor you and respect you. I just want to tell you, and that's not like that. He says, "You came here and said some things, and I got mad, and I held you to it. But you are changed. You live different, and you're everything you've proclaimed. And I respect you. You're walking with God, and I wasn't. And I wasn't going." I finally got my vindication I grabbed me by the shoulders and I said that's awesome dad what about you <sighs> <laughs> didn't even have a tear in my eye why because I'm not living for that day he owes me nothing See, a lot of people don't understand that I'm not living for that day I'm already okay <laughs> I'm living for the day when he's okay if anything, right? So it's about him walking in that revelation. So I had the capacity to take. and Then he, well, I get pretty aggressive sometimes like that. But it was fun. But he, he was funny. He waited till I went out of town when I was pastoring. And he went in to Joanne. And he cried and she took him in a side room. He waited till I was out of town. It was so funny. That's Dad. Why'd you do that? And he said, I gotta get born again. <laughs> so he got saved. That was just good. But I, I would, it would have been nice if he had just came when I was there. But it's neat because now we can talk freely. Isn't that cool? Okay, spirit of truth. He's gonna guide us into all truth, verse 13. He's not gonna speak on his own authority. Whatever he hears, he will speak. He will tell you things to come. We're talking about the Holy Spirit the person of Holy Spirit, he, 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 he's a person. We're talking about the person. Of, he's not a feeling. He's not a mist. He's not a goosebump. He's a person. And he's Holy Spirit. He's amazing. Hell fears him. <laughs> I promise. They not want no parts of him. He's like amazing. He's light. He, he encompasses all that God is. He's the power demonstration of God. He's like the power in your med headlines or whatever you want to say. But he's way more. But that's what we can relate to. He's the surge. He's the, <laughs> the battering ram. You're getting feeling excited. <laughs> so, so this person that he's talking about is who they're waiting on in Acts. When he breathed on them, life came inside. It was a well springing up into everlasting life. It was a born-again experience. They're wheat now. They're not tares. We covered all this. I'm just rehashing this a little. But three chapters later in John, if we believe in him as the scriptures say, out of our belly will flow rivers of living water. A well springing up is different than a river flowing out. John 4, he's talking about your born-again experience. John 7, he said this he spake of the Spirit who was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. John 7, he's talking about baptism of the Holy Spirit. Born again experience, baptism of the Holy Spirit. Out of your belly. That's why we lay hands on the sick. Out of our belly. Discernment, prophesy, declare a thing. It shall be. There's, there's the power of God is through the person of Holy Spirit. Amen? Does this make sense? Okay. So now they're in Acts. Uh, Let's go to Acts real quick. I want to cover this. I'm trying to go a little fast here. I I get off and tell you them little stories, but there's always purpose to them. Because you know how many people are still waiting for the day and feel like they can't be blessed until their dad or mom blesses them. And there's people that teach that stuff, that you're missing the blessing of your parents so you're bound and in a rut until they bless you. So then we have them up at the altar and we take the place of their dad and bless them. I'd rather just believe Jesus and be blessed by him. I don't see any reason why I could be limited except that I fail to believe the grace that's come through Jesus Christ. I'm just talking plain. But I've heard tons of teachings about you're not under the blessing, you're under the curse. You need somebody to bless you and represent your parents and bless you because of the power of the blessing. And well, I think Jesus blessed me. John 17, he prayed to the Father. If I step in under that, that's a pretty intense blessing. If he's my father and God's speaking over me, he's blessing me constantly. See, call no man on earth your father. You hear me preach that all the time. We limit the supernatural because of natural realities more than we probably care to admit. And we need to cut all that out. It's the father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom, so why don't you take it and get on with it and say yay. And let all this other stuff take care of itself. Jesus even said to a man that was going back to bury his father. He said, what some folks. If we don't understand. Let the dead bury their own dead. You follow me. And there's something he's saying there. That's pretty amazing. Okay. Holy Spirit comes in Acts 2. Sits upon all of them. They're all praying in tongues. We talked about tongues a little bit. And I want to close with that. But. Because the men heard them all speaking in their own language. Uh, That's a working of the gifts of tongues. I was in with a Methodist youth camp in North Carolina, 200 and some kids. And these kids were going out in the street. We took 200 kids out and bombarded the malls and streets. And uh, there was a lot of amazing things that happened. Two 13-year-old girls got a word of knowledge for a lady in a park bench. And when they got the word of knowledge, they just started bawling uncontrolled because they got a word they didn't pray for. (laughs) They just were right. And when they said, you really do? She said, yes. And then they got themselves together and said, wait a minute, we can pray for her now. And then when the lady got healed, they really bawled. It was so sweet. But there was these bunch of kids that ran out and they got a word of knowledge. This guy said, I hear a word for this lady over here. They went over and she was Spanish. And he's like, man, teenagers, just fun. They're they're expressive. They're, man, just, you know, she, and he's acting this out and telling the story. and, and, And they're like, she don't even speak English. And I finally hear from, I hear a word from the Lord and the lady. He doesn't even speak English. So my buddy said, well, you need to just give her the word, man. And that's just trust God. He does something with it. I mean, if he gave you the word. And I thought, that's pretty insightful. So he gives the word. And all his friends go, dude, I didn't know you knew Spanish. <laughs> he said, what are you talking about? And the lady's bawling. He heard himself in English. They all heard him in Spanish. And the lady got rocked. <laughs> There goes the human intellect. (laughs) I guess he's God. (laughs) Oops. (laughs) And they were a mess, these kids. It was fun. So that's a use of tongues. But there's also the private use of tongues. You can wake up and show Siano Maci Sanda Basana Meha, he Tiano Messia, dear I love you, Lord. You can do that all day. Oh, you really can. Okay? You just can. Or you can pray in the spirit, you can sing in the spirit, you can pray in your understanding, you can sing with your understanding, but it's personal, it's communion. You say, well, what were you saying? I don't know, but it was a mystery unto God, and it was divine, it's in the DNA of my created value, it's heaven meeting heaven. Oh, se namaseha so de ha namase you're amazing lord i worship you there's none like you is that what you were saying before no i'm just flowing oh. he's not a goosebump, but i feel him <laughs> I do. I feel Jesus all the time. When I sing like that to him, like I could cry right now because he's my best friend. And when I sing like that with him and stuff. Oh, see, I'm like a little kid right now. I better get, I got to pull together because I got to teach. Oh, my goodness, I love you. Yes, I do. The person of Holy Spirit, when you engage with him, is who helps make God real. And isn't that what we're all longing for? Isn't that what some of us seem to be lacking? Isn't that why we go places we know we shouldn't go because we're trying to follow a law without a relationship and a revelation? I don't ever have to try to not go down this road. He's with me, I'm with him, we're one, we're in love. Are you kidding me? That road's ridiculous to me when I'm in him. (laughs) You guys all right? It's God reality, I'm convinced as a believer that God-reality is the biggest missing link in the Christian church, and God wants to so desperately change that. Yeah. We have knowledge upon knowledge upon knowledge, and our knowledge is telling us what we should and shouldn't do and need and need not to do, and love leads your life. <laughs> it's being in love. It's when nobody's looking, singing to him like he's right there. And even if you do that for a month, I don't care. Do it for a month. He's still right there whether you think he is or not. He's right there. So never back off of faith. Never back off of pursuing him. That, shows, that crosses lines in your soul and shows that you're serious. You want to know God. You believe God. You don't believe how you feel. You believe what he says. You say, well, I pray like that, or I sing and nothing ever seen. What do you mean nothing? You're communing with God. Things are happening on the inside. It's yet to be seen. You get alone with Him. Sit on your bed and talk to Him. I'm telling you, and I'm not against technology, but it consumes us. And I'm telling you, put it away for enough time to sit on your bed and God can become real. Because if God becomes real, the technology will find balance and not take the place of Him. I'm just saying. See, I have passion about that because I know we're being robbed of Him. We're being robbed of Him. See, I don't even plan this emotion stuff, but if you listen to my heart, you can hear it's God crying out for His people. You know, I just sing one little thing in song. tongues just out of my heart to demonstrate, and I'm a mess. (laughs) I... I ask people, they don't, they don't just do that. A lot of people don't just do that. They read their Bible and do a devotion to get their mind on God instead of their heart in God. I want to sing in tongues again, but I dare not. <laughs> oh God, I'm in trouble, Brian. Uh, there's times you'll sing like that. And it'll be just tremendous worship to Him. And you'll actually hear what you're singing. It's so fun. There's times you'll be praying. And you're praying in English. And it's something intense in your heart. And you're interceded. And all of a sudden you'll pray in tongues. It'll change. It'll get intense. It'll change dialect. sometimes. It's just a working of the Spirit. And sometimes you don't have a clue what you're praying. But you know it's powerful. And there's other times when you're praying, you actually know now with your understanding it can release your faith, not in the fact that you know God's praying through you, but in your faith in what's being prayed and then you can speak it out in English. All that's available. It's all available in prayer and intercession. It's all through the person of Holy Spirit. Yeah. I love you Jesus I really do Acts Acts 8 let's go to Acts 8 thank you Lord okay so in verse 4 you can see that the people were scattered everywhere God scattered them they were at probably the at the porch, hanging out, and persecution came. They got spread out all over the place. It's a pretty good day, actually, because the word went out. When they got scattered, they took Jesus with them. But Philip went down to the city of Samaria. He preached, unclean spirits crying loud. Voices came out, many who were possessed, many who were paralyzed, and lame were healed. There was great joy in the city. Sounds like a good day. There was a sorcerer there claiming he was somebody great and they all gave heed to him and that he had great power and they heeded him because he astonished them with the sorceries for a long time but when they believed Philip as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus both men and women were baptized. Simon himself also believed and he was baptized and continued with Philip and was amazed seeing the miracles and signs which were done. Some of this stuff is very enlightening. You have to be careful. See what's what's so important about understanding grace and God and mercy and that God's just calling you to sincere and pure heart. you read some of this stuff and you're not free and you can get under more condemnation. more. Because de- here's a man that himself believes, it says, and is baptized. And yet he has this twisted motive. He wants, still wants power for wrong reasons. And Peter sharply rebukes him. And he's saved and baptized. it's, It's about giving your heart to Him. It's not about just wanting what He gives you, what you can get from Him. That's why you hear me say, you're not just saved to go to heaven. You're saved for heaven to come back inside of you. You're not saved for the blessing of God. You're saved for your nature to be transformed back to the love of God. The gospel's all about the transformation of life. It's not about what we can receive from Him or get from Him. Here's a man, Simon, and if you look down the road here, I mean, Peter, Peter, He, he, when he saw that, and I want to teach some other stuff, but for some reason this is strong in my heart. This man says, here, give me this power also, down in in 19, that anyone who I lay hands on may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, your money perish with you, because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. Now look, this is strong. He said, you neither have part nor portion in this matter, for your heart is not right in the sight of God. Well, I just believed and got baptized your heart's not right watch this repent therefore of your wickedness and pray if perhaps that your heart uh, the thought of your heart may be forgiven for I see watch that you're poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity bitterness poison you you're crying out but you have all these rights and you're carrying this stuff and Man, when you get born again, you have to understand that you're not just coming into something that's fun, that's powerful. You're giving yourself up. You're dying to everything that ever was. So that everything that comes is new. Isn't it amazing? It's sobering to me. I don't know about you. It doesn't condemn me at all. I read that kind of stuff just to, I read stuff like in the last days, of perilous, perilous times, and I read the list. I just like staying sharp. I don't like stuff sneaking in. It's not an introspective with a negative view. I'm not afraid of falling. I like staying sharp. I read stuff like that on my own when nobody's around. But you hear how much I preach the love and mercy of God. It's all you hear me preach. I don't preach. Be careful in perilous times. When did you ever hear me preach that? I don't preach that, rarely, if God would tell me for some reason. But I read it personally because it keeps me It keeps things really where they are. Keeps me clear. It's just powerful. But I catch this stuff. I'm reading my Bible and I'm thinking, wait a minute, this guy just got believed and just got baptized. And he's bound and poisoned by bitterness and iniquity, et cetera, et cetera. That's why you hear me passionately cry out the reason we get saved and the reason we get baptized. That's why you hear me preach on water baptism the way I do. Because I don't want no mistake about it when you're going in here. You're not going in here for any other reason than to die. And you're giving up everything and forgiving everyone and being forgiven so you can't come up with bitterness if you go in there understanding. You've surrendered every right to be bitter. We're not just trying to get up. We're not on a power trip. We don't just want the sick healed. We want our lives changed. Amen. That's why Jesus came. Amen. So it's just a, a powerful thought. And, and he said, he said, for I see. Now, Peter's not pointing dirt out in his life. He's, he's defining the problem, why he would dare ask such a thing. This discernment, this is from the Lord. He's helping the man. I see you're poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. It's amazing. That's why we spend so much time getting alone with the Lord, telling you, just give your heart surrender. God, I take no offense in anything. <sighs> Amen. You guys good? Yeah. I just see that stuff when I read my Bible and it fascinates me because it's all about continuing in the faith. It's all about walking diligent and sincere in the pure in heart, seeing God. You can't take account of a suffered wrong. You, you can't let things sneak back in that you surrendered when you got saved. You get a mixed view of your Christianity. It's like a poison drink. It's not good. Okay. So they all got, there was great joy. And look at verse 12. But when they believed as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Christ, men and women were baptized. Verse 14. Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. So they're leaders, they're pillars. And they said, man, these guys all got saved. You need to get over there. Well, it says they went specifically for a reason. And I wanna talk openly and plain about this because there's probably beliefs out there about some of this. And I honestly don't have strong answers, except that it doesn't say specifically. You'll, You'll understand where I'm heading here. Now, when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them who when they had come down prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit so they know this new church has just started so the two pillars of the church Peter and John take off and I'm sure they're welcoming them they're excited there's believers Samaria are you kidding Samaria just got saved and uh, but when they went down there they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit for as yet he had fallen upon none of them now watch they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So that's verse 12 in water. Now baptism in water is powerful, but when he uses the word only, he's not lessening the power of water baptism. He's saying there's more. You follow me? When he says you were only baptized in water, he's not saying, well, you were just baptized in water, making that small. What he was saying is, you only got half this package, there's more. And we want you, now watch, if Holy Spirit hadn't fallen upon any of them yet, then he's not an automatic when you get saved, necessarily. He doesn't always seem to come with the evidence of tongues or empowerment. Because he had fallen upon none of them, but they were all water baptized. Peter and John get there and say, oh, they didn't even receive Holy Spirit. We lay hands on them, receive, receive, receive. And they gave what they knew was upon their life now here's what I wanted to say that can get a little iffy a little sticky with folks we can read this and say well they had to go because this is an apostleship thing the only the apostles can minister the baptism of the Holy Spirit because even Simon said give us us give me this power lay hands on me and give me this power and the truth is if you're baptized in the Holy Spirit and you're a believer and you have fellowship with him and understand who he is in your life you can lay hands on people and they can receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit I don't consider myself an apostle. I've seen hundreds of people baptizing the Holy Spirit. I consider myself a believer, though. Who here has prayed for somebody and they've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Let me see your hands. See that? There's a lot of folks. It's good. It's a believer thing. So... It seems like maybe that could be suggested here, but I would, I would caution you that we could be limiting things and reading into the Word because then we really have a paradox because people say, well, there are no apostles today. Well, people say there isn't, so now we're in trouble. See, now we cut ourselves from the baptism of the Holy Spirit because we can't receive Him because we weren't alive when they were or something. See, it's just all weird. It's all constraining and binding. Do you see how some of these doctrines crept in and how they have paradoxes? And they're limiting and binding. Well, there's no apostles. Apostles died. They all died off. Nobody's a true apostle. Nobody's really seen the Lord. I don't know. I've seen him in visions. He stood in my bedroom where I knew it was him. He just didn't, I just didn't see the color of his eyes. He spoke to me so clear that it's like we're talking. So what's that mean? We're to have fellowship and intimacy with him. Yeah. So We get technical with this stuff. And what I'm telling you is, because see, then in Acts 8, you see Philip minister the eunuch and he gets water baptized and there's no mention of Holy Spirit. So then we think, well, Philip didn't give him the baptism of the Holy Spirit there. He mustn't be authorized. He didn't in Acts 8. And it's only the apostles maybe that can. So I'm willingly freely talking about this, but there's nowhere in the Bible that says it's limited to an apostle. Nowhere says that he will come. There was nobody in the bedroom but the apostle and high priest of the confession and of our faith and our confession and watching over confession. It's Jesus in my bedroom the morning I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. He's the only one there. I guess that works. He's the apostle. (laughs) Right? Oh, he's so good. So don't get technical with this stuff. Because there's there's a lot of limitations out there, man. We fight over things that we ought not fight over. Look at just glance at Hebrews three real quick. Oh, why you do that to me, Lord? It throws me in there at a therefore. I look back two, two, two verses and there's another therefore. <laughs> Look at verse 18 of Hebrews 2. For in that he himself suffered being tempted, he's able to aid those who are tempted. Therefore, holy brethren, watch this. Look what you are, look what you are. Oh, look, partakers of the heavenly calling. Oops, we're not just smear men. We're filled with his spirit. It says, who he predestined, he called. Who he called, he justified. Who he justified, he glorified. That's God's language. That doesn't mean you go off on some trip and some vain thing. That means you're humbled so much that God would wanna come and live inside of you. That stuff should make you weep if you really think about it. That God wants to come and live inside of me. (laughs) Now watch, partakers of the what? Heavenly calling, look. Consider the, ooh, capital A. Apostle. So all the apostles aren't dead. Oops! I gotcha! <laughs> the one that started our faith and it's going to finish our faith is well in action. <laughs> the apostle! The apostle! The only reason there was apostles is because there's the apostle. Come on! come on guys, listen here, the apostle and high priest. You can believe, you can actually believe that there's no man and women apostles on the earth today, but I tell you what, you can never get around the fact that there's still an apostle. So the day of the apostle hasn't passed. (laughs) Oh, he's an apostle. And guess what else he is? A high priest. He's He's on our behalf before the Father watching over our confession. Doesn't it say that Jesus or God the Father watches over his word to perform it? Look at this. He's the high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him, who appointed him. I just want you to see that Jesus is our apostle. So I bet he could lay hands on me and I could receive Holy Spirit. (laughs) That's probably what happened to me on Monday morning in my bedroom when I got saved. Boom. Man, I was praying in tongues. I was tore up. It was fun. So watch this. Watch this. So they laid hands on him and they received Holy Spirit. Before they did that, Time passed by, because they're 35 to 50 some miles away. They had to travel there, lay hands on them. So from the time they got born again and water baptized, none of them had received Holy Spirit. Do you see that in your Bible? That he had fallen on none of them yet, but when they laid hands on them. Now in Acts chapter 2, nobody laid hands on them. Holy Spirit just fell upon them. You got it? That's what happened to me on Monday morning in my bedroom. He just came upon me. That's cool. It's totally scriptural. But here, men laid hands on them. And he came didn't he? Now this is one of the only places that it doesn't show a manifestation or sign of the Holy Spirit but obviously something happened in a manifestation or demonstration because it says when Simon saw that through the laying on of the hands of the apostles the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money. So he saw something that captured him. Every other account you see, they prophesied, they worshiped, they prayed in other tongues. Okay, So other tongues is really the main manifestation. So people get caught up with the other tongues. So then people start saying, well, if you didn't pray in tongues, you didn't get the Holy Spirit, etc., etc. And I've seen a lot of people get really bound up right here and feel like, well, I don't want to just say it because I don't want to make it up. Well, I don't, know. I don't know. If it's not just coming out of my mouth, I'm not just going to speak any. I don't know if I even received Him. Well, if I didn't pray in tongues, I didn't get it. And... seen a lot of that going on and the Bible says in Luke 11 we quoted yesterday if you being of evil nature know how to give goods he gives to your children how much more the father will give the Holy Spirit to them who so if you ask will he give him yay I know a person that received the Holy Spirit and had a solical block, if you will, and just didn't want to make anything up, heard a lot of horror stories, knew that there was people in back room saying, say yabba dabba backwards three times and you'll have it, brother. There was just stuff going on. It's just stuff going on. And, and I've, I've heard a lot of bad stories. I, I was actually in, in one of those settings one time and said, whoa, blew the whistle. <laughs> uh, <laughs> It's just scary stuff. And uh, you just lay hands on people before the Holy Spirit. I have people ask for the Holy Spirit to come. Holy Spirit comes. He's amazing. You receive the Holy Spirit the same way you were born again. Everything you do, you do by faith. Holy Spirit, I, I have had people that have had a, experiences with Holy Spirit that just rocked them, bam, and boom. And then I've had other people genuinely filled with Holy Spirit. They could pray in tongues, but it wasn't fire and lightning and thunder. But boy, they, sh- they sure received him, and, and et cetera. When we compare ourselves among ourselves, and we think, well, wow, I didn't get that, I didn't get that. There's always more of God. There's always fillings and refillings. But there's a baptism of Holy Spirit that we're all entitled to, and it sounds like to me all we have to do is ask. So I know this one person who received the Holy Spirit and they didn't pray in tongues and people said, well, you didn't get the Holy Spirit and they said, no, I had to get the Holy Spirit because the Bible says if I ask, he'll come and I like that. So three months went by and they weren't praying in tongues at all for three months but guess what they were doing every day? Holy Spirit, I appreciate you in my life. Mm-hmm. Thanks for loving me. I'm so glad that you've come. I really appreciate you giving me wisdom and understanding, et cetera. Their spouse was out of town. Their spouse called. Their spouse was in a place where they were crying and they had never seen their spouse quite like that and they had to hang up. When they hung up, this other one spouse goes to kneel and pray and isn't even sure how to pray because they're overwhelmed of the because they never saw their spouse quite like that way and knelt down and was like a little whoever had an intensity to pray and you really, you didn't, couldn't put your heart into words and, and they're there and all of a sudden they just realized they're praying like crazy in other tongues because the, the heart took them past the head. They had this, this thing built in them, I don't want to just make up words. I just don't want to make up words. Well, any of you that've been baptized in the Holy Spirit and prayed in tongues, when He just starts flowing in you and it just comes like a river, and you hear two or three little words and you speak them out, and then there's like, just they just words just come, you know. Now I know some people. After a while, was I just making that up? But if you'll leave and go home and, and just turn, you can. Who knows that you can turn on your prayer language like water, yeah. on and off. So if you'll just start flowing like that, and start singing like that, and just let your gift in other tongues start flowing and get activated, you, you'll get way past this thing because your heart's alive. Do mm-hmm. you see what I mean? But I've seen people like that in their head. So for, for, for anybody, when they prayed for her to push her and try to get her to speak words, would have probably been pushing her against where faith in her conscience was. But she had more faith in her heart than I see a lot of people because she wasn't living by the fireworks. And the shaking. She was living by the word. And, and, and you guys know by now, I will take that any day before shaking. But I've shook. But I want the word. Your, your manifestation can mislead you. You can all of a sudden think something's not happening because you don't feel it. No, something's not happening because we don't believe it. It's is true. So here's a person that for three months exercised faith and communion fellowship with the Holy Spirit and all of a sudden, bam, and from that moment on had a total consciousness of the gift in her life called Other Tongues and used it all the time. Isn't that cool? I saw people that I had prayed for over the years. There's sometimes, there's just the presence and anointing of God. I can't really explain some of this stuff, you know. There's just certain atmospheres. There's certain hungers. There's different things that go on. I've been in places where we just, you know, be filled, be filled. Holy Spirit, come be filled. And it's just, people just, I remember one day I was going down a line. Just be filled with Holy Spirit, be filled. And people, they're all just praying in tongues. I got to a lady. I touched her. She's just standing there. And it it was like just nothing. And I just go down through, down through. I come back through. And it's like nothing. I'm going down through. And everybody, the whole place praying in tongues. And I go over there. And now this is a word of knowledge. is not a method. I said, you know what, honey? I leaned in and whispered. I turned off my mic. I said, that money that he took, it's just not worth it. The relationship wasn't God anyway. Just let it go. <sighs> She told me later she, later she was living with a guy, got saved, got convicted, tried to get him saved. He said, get out, and then he took all their money. And she was still carrying that, and it was a grudge. And Holy Spirit didn't just come upon her first and then deal with her heart. He felt like just giving her the opportunity to let that go, and then he just came and settled in. <laughs> I like that. Wasn't inner healing, it was just a word of knowledge. But she sure got healed on the inside. Well, the method when I say inner healing it was this Holy Spirit outside of hearing that all I know is you ask he comes there's a lot of people got bothered and hurt over this whole baptism of the Holy Spirit because there's circles that say well when you get ready or clean enough he'll come when your life's in line he'll come I had a lady call me balling from North Carolina on the phone she's listening to a CD in her van it's in the background playing she's on her cell phone balling on my phone and I'm in my kitchen. I walked into my kitchen from outside. And she's bawling on my phone. It happens. <laughs> More than you know. And I picked up the phone. And I said, hello, hello. This is Dan. Who is this? Are you okay? Is this Dan M- 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 Moller, Moller? Moller? Yeah, Moller. Dan Moller. Because <laughs> 'cause has got a Dr. John CD. <laughs> That's my name and phone number on it. They're all over the, <laughs> <laughs> all over the nation. Yeah, yeah. And... And she said, she said, oh, my God, I just want to thank you. I want to thank you. I just want to thank you. And I said, what's going on, hon? I'm listening to a CD. And she named the CD. I said, "Okay, I don't know the names of CDs because I didn't put titles on anything. And uh, I just preach. But she's at her church. They all get prayed for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They're all praying in tongues. She's just standing there. So they said, well, honey, there has to be something in your life that's blocking you from receiving. There has to be some reason he won't come. When you get in position and you get right, he'll come. Please don't talk like that to people. That's like telling a sick person when you get faith you can be healed. Yeah. That's like being a diagnostic. You're at the altar, well, you have a curse over your life and, and you know, there's just some kind of thing that you need to figure out and get the Lord to show you because there's something binding this, keeping this from, it's some kind of curse. And then you leave them believing they're cursed. It's happened countless times in the church. She's called me. Guess what? That experience at the altar when they told her that was three years before. So for three years, she's starting to think, I must be a pretty dirty vessel. I've been trying my best to clean this vase up here so he could come and plant himself in me. And he hasn't come in. So she's discouraged. She's broken. She actually told me she was feeling defiled. But still going to church. Three years. She's listening to a CD. On righteousness. That's what it was. Righteousness. On the website. Righteousness 1 and 2. She's listening to a CD. And she's hearing me talk about. He loves me. And pulling the flower, the petals off the daisy. And there's no he loves me not. And, and it's just time for you to receive. And she's driving in the van. And, and her heart's going. Oh my god, this is true. I can't he loved me while I was here God, you love me. When she said you love me driving, the Spirit of God came upon her, she burst out in tongues. (laughs) Whipped the van off the road. It probably was (laughs) ugly. (laughs) <laughs> <Dan>? <laughs> What's that oh, It was so powerful I cried with her on the phone I cried She said I don't know who you are but you write down my number and if you ever move to North Carolina and start a church I'm coming. I said oh okay I'll keep that in mind. It's so funny (laughs) how people think. (laughs) I'm so sorry about eating time but some of those stories are just too good. Do you see the power of truth? You see how sometimes we come up with things because we're intellectually analyzing and we say things that are so damaging we don't even realize the damage. So whoever told her that doesn't really, they're not evil, wicked people. They're not trying to hurt her. They just don't understand and know, but they're in leadership. They're ministering. They're probably outside of the boundaries of their understanding then. But it just happens. And, and then now here's a lady for three years, shattered, can't even end with God, and it's hard to even look up. Right. Because Holy Spirit can't come in her because she must be so dirty because of something. There's, there's lots of people that can relate to this. <laughs> and... To be better, said to me, here, so... Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Good. Amen. Yeah. It's the truth. Yeah. Amen. But isn't it amazing how God the whole time, his mercy and compassion wants to land on her. And, and there's a place of believing because watch, it's a paradox. You don't realize, you think, well, why he's God? Why doesn't he just come? Because he, he needs that belief in her going. Because all of a sudden he comes, she feels like she worked her way to him. And here's God, almighty God, cuz of the way he set this thing up. Wanting to but at any point after that he comes it's as if she earned it. And then that can set that precedent for her Christian life. Come on, it's grace. It's God's goodness. Okay. So you see here there's two separate occasions. They were baptized in holy spirit But before that, they were born again and baptized in water. Guess what happened when they were baptized in water and believed? Receive Holy Spirit. That was the John 20 of their lives. Now the apostles come and laid hands on them, and that was the John 7. Out of their belly now can flow rivers of living water. That's the Acts 1 and 2, right? You following me? Two separate things. Look at uh, Acts 10 real quick. I want you to see there's a lot of places here in your Bible where we can see this stuff. Peter's in the middle of preaching in 1038 how God anointed Jesus of of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power who went about doing good, healing all who who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him and we are witnesses of these things and he's going on and down in verse 44, watch this. While Peter... Acts 10, verse 44. While Peter was still speaking these words. Look what happened. Now see, don't even try to... It's just atmosphere stuff. It's just God. It's just... The Holy Spirit just what? Just came. just came. Sounds like Acts 2 again, doesn't it? All of a sudden, he just came. But what was happening to their hearts while they're hearing the word and Peter's preaching? Right? Right? And Holy Spirit goes, landing strip. <laughs> control tower to Holy Ghost. Land. <laughs> it's good to come in. Land. Weather's good. Things are clear. Wide open. Go for it. <laughs> yep, he heard the control tower. It's time to come in. You see it? Watch. Didn't ask them if they repented. Didn't ask them nothing. Their hearts were before God. This thing isn't technical. It's hearty. Their hearts are, are they're already turned. They're already gone. This is the most amazing thing. We believe in this Jesus. Oh my God. It's Cornelius' household. Gentile household. In that culture, that was a big deal. Watch. Holy Spirit fell. And those of the circumcision... See, these were uncircumcised men. Those of the circumcision who believed were astonished. God just fell on them uncircumcised boys. That's what they're thinking. They're thinking they ain't even Jews. Now watch. And as many as came with Peter because the gift... Oh my goodness. The gift of the Holy Spirit... Has to be what he was talking about in Luke 24. Has to be what he's talking about in Acts 1. Has to be what happened in Acts 2. Has to be the one he's talking about in John 14, 15, 16. You following me? Oh, this is good. Now watch, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. Now watch what Peter said immediately. For, oh, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Peter wisely stood up and answered. Now look what he's thinking right away. Can anybody forbid them? So is the baptism of water important? Extremely. Is baptism of the Holy Spirit important? Extremely. Look what the first thing out of his mouth. He's thinking right away, he's going, whoa. They just got baptized in the Holy Spirit, the same spirit. These guys are have to be born, they're saved. Their hearts got saved while I was preaching. No autocall, call. No, Father, forgive me. I'm a sinner. Their hearts got saved. <laughs> While he's preaching? I want you. Yes, Jesus, I want you. Who knows that qualifies? Jesus, you're amazing. I wish I knew before. God, I love. You. Oh my God. <laughs> Come on. Can anybody forbid him what? Water. So these guys got filled with Holy Spirit before they ever got water baptized. (laughs) So it's not a legalistic thing. It's a grace thing. It's just the package of heaven. That these should not be baptized who have received the Spirit just as we have. And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Do you see that water baptism is directly connected when people get saved? And the baptism of Holy Spirit is right there. You see it? It's really good. Acts 19, and we'll just close with this one. I'm just proving to you, scripture after scripture after scripture, that when people say, well, you, what are you talking about? You receive the Holy Spirit when you're saved. That's not what Jesus taught. Jesus taught that he's coming, and then when he came, People think, well, he already came though on Pentecost, so now he's here. So when we get saved, we step right into that. But he had not fallen upon any of the Sumerians. He came upon Cornelius' household before they were even water baptized. Now, we got these fellas walking down the road. And it happened, verse one of Acts 19, while Apollos was at Corinth, and Paul, having passing through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples In that culture, they wore certain things. They could tell they were followers of something that he knew, he had to know they were disciples. And probably because of their dresswear, probably because of their garments. He said to them, look at the first thing out of his mouth. He didn't say, hey, God bless you. Hey, you guys having a good day? Hey, where do you go to church? What denomination are you? He didn't do that. He said, hey. Did you guys receive Holy Spirit since you believed? Come on. The first question on his mind when he saw disciples: Have you been empowered to be a witness? Oh, yes. Have you received the wonderful person of Holy Spirit? Yes. That's his question. That's what he said, guys. It's in our Bibles. <laughs> Come on. He's walking down the road and he's got such a conviction and he sees disciples and he wants to know, have you been empowered? Are you in fellowship with Holy Spirit? Do you have him? Do you see that in your Bible? Now watch what they said. So no wonder this question, do you think this was discernment? Do you think God really prompted him to even hit this thing? Yeah, because they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. Paul's like, Huh. what wait a minute he said into what were you all baptized because I can tell your disciples following watch see into what you were baptized? they said into John's baptism and then it made sense oh my goodness you guys are still following John the Baptist repent and make way well the way's already come guys he's already died and rose from the dead he's already you guys are following John the Baptist but he was preaching one to come but he's already come <laughs> That's what happened here, look, he he said, John indeed preached uh, baptism with the baptism of repentance, be baptized with repentance, saying to the people they should believe on him who would come after him, that is on Christ Jesus, when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So what's the first thing they did when they believed on Jesus? Because they were already already primed and ready. They had accepted John's proclamation. And Paul's saying, he's talking about Jesus, guys. He's already come. And they went, whoa. And the first thing they did was what? Baptized in water immediately. It's right in the message. And watch this. And when Paul, here we go again with hands laid on. Acts 2, nobody laid hands. Acts 8, they laid hands on. Acts 10, nobody laid hands. Acts 19, here we go with laying hands again. It's just it's just ways we can receive. You can receive in your bed. I know people, I have a guy at work. He said, Dan, I've been taught my whole life, the Holy Spirit's not for today, and the, the whole tongues thing. But I do love God. I said, oh, I, don't, I know you love God. He said, I, uh, I, uh, he's, uh, It's my buddy, Jerry, Randy. This is a story about Jerry. He said, I'm going to go and seek him on the way home and pray. Uh, Actually, this is the one other guy, Randy, said he was taught against him. Jerry just wanted to receive him, talk to the Lord. He wanted to go be with talk. Jerry, on the way home, was talking to the Lord. If this is for me, I want it. I don't want to hold anything back. Holy Spirit, come upon me. While he's driving his car, he gets filled with the Holy Spirit. He's praying in tongues the whole way home. Randy is taught that it's not, this other fellow I worked with is taught that it's uh, actually of the devil. So he goes in his bedroom and he says, Lord, I know Dan. I see his life. I can't see the devil in him. That's what he's, he's talking like that to the Lord. He said, and I want all there is for you. These scriptures. Because I was teaching this stuff. And sharing with my coworkers, I wanted to get him empowered. To be a witness. We needed some witnessing going on there. <laughs> and uh, get him the, the Holy Spirit on him. Right? So he, he goes to his bed. And he kneels. He says Lord. I'm seeking you and only you. He's trying to protect his language. I just want what you have for me. I don't want to be deceived by wrong teaching. If Holy Spirit baptism is for me and other tongues is for me, Lord God, I'm talking to you in Jesus' name. You know how people are? Protective. He says, I'm asking you to fill me then with Holy Spirit. If he's not for today and, and I'm being deceived, then certainly I don't want him. But if he is, I don't want to live without him. And I don't want to live without this gift. And he said, he just, he just said the Spirit of God touched him and he prayed in tongues. He come to work, he's so fired up. Dude, i got to tell you what happened last night. He told me the whole story. I'm staring with tears in my eyes. I'm like, Isn't that amazing? So nobody was there to lay hands on him but the apostle than high priest. <laughs> Isn't that cool? I was praying for a lady one time to receive the Holy Spirit and I wanted to. I was real aggressive and all of a sudden I felt like she had such a faith. God honors faith in people's hearts. It's amazing. God is so, says he so humble to consider the heavens and the earth. And I went to pray and I said, oh my goodness, you don't want me to even pray for you this way. You want to be alone. You want this to be some intimate thing. I said, you have the right to receive him now, you know. I know. But you just want it to be just you and him alone. You feel like you need to be intimate and alone with the door closed. And it's your own experience. I'm really glad you heard that. Because I didn't want you. To, I was like, God, I want I want to go and just be with you. She was feeling that so strong. Not that that's even a right thought. But God honored it. it it's her privilege. I wanted to just lay hands on her. Just get him now. It'll be intimate she wanted to be alone isn't it amazing how God just kind of showed me that watch this they were baptized when Paul laid hands on them the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied oh look at this now the men were about 12 in all (laughs) got another group of 12 (laughs) running around (laughs) do you see that is a separate baptism it's a separate experience it's different than your born again experience I'm closing with this, and we're going to have to take a break here real soon. Go to 1 Corinthians. He's talking about 1 Corinthians 14. He's talking about. There's two things he's talking about here in the beginning of the chapter and later in the chapter. He's talking about the personal use of other tongues in your personal life and he's talking about the use of other tongues in a gathering. And a lot of people you, you don't make that distinguishment. And, and, and later in the chapter he actually puts tongues and interpretation in a gathering on the same level as prophecy. It's the same as prophecy. It's just the working of other tongues, gift of other tongues and interpretation. But watch this, pursue love, desire spiritual gifts. So the most excellent way is love, but especially that you may prophesy. Now watch, for he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men. Look, don't you want this? But he who speaks in a tongue doesn't speak to men, but to God. It's pretty cool. For no one understands him. I bet God does. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. So Paul's saying there is a place in your life for you to pray in tongues and not speak to men, but to speak to God Mm -hmm. and speak mysteries. But now he's saying if you prophesy, other people get edified outside of your personal use of tongues. You follow me? Prophecy edifies people, but tongues, there's an edifying of yourself. You'll see this. Watch. But he who speaks in the tongue edifies himself, builds himself up. But he who prophesies edifies the church. Now, I don't know. I've heard people make this sound like one's better than the other but I think it's important for you to be built up in the things of the spirit and I think it's important to be built up in your most holy faith and I think it's important for you to look in a mirror and know who you are and understand the person of holy spirit because then if you do prophesy it'll really have whack behind it you know what I mean (laughs) you're not gonna get into that solical prophecy stuff prophesy out of your feelings emotions who knows that stuff all happens but watch this he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself it's not selfish it's a building up of yourself in God so could you could you perceive the impact on my own heart when I just started singing in tongues spontaneous just to give you an example could you see that it's very real very aware of him very one with him not speaking to men not singing to you it's face-to-face stuff it's unveiled intimate stuff it's really <laughs> you get pregnant in that realm and give birth to what looks like its father <laughs> everything comes out of your life will look just like it's daddy you get pregnant in the spirit in that place and every time you give birth to what God gives you it'll look just like him and you'll see the daddy in everything (laughs) Uh, that's just a good thought (laughs) don't be bothered by that that's a real good thought (laughs) I'm most of the time walking around like this you just don't know it (laughs) (laughs) Oh. (laughs) It's, that's what happens, guys. When you get intimate long enough, somebody ends up pregnant. And what they give birth to looks like the union of love. Come on, intimacy with God is a place to... You ought to hear. First time I ever went to Global, I was preaching and sharing, and students were kind of like. <laughs> and I took them into my personal prayer class. And I said I never share this stuff, but I said for some reason, and and I shared how I pray, stuff I pray in a bedroom, and it flipped them out. They, they weren't. They were. They were ready to handle it. Global students were like, whoa, <laughs> and. Uh, I had shared how I walk in my bedroom and say, God, I open myself up to you. Come into me and leave your divine seed and impregnate me with the will of God and let everything coming out of my life look just like you. I want to bear children unto you, God. I open myself up. Come into me and impregnate me with who you are. Talking like that when nobody's in the room, it's real intimate. Some people get weirded out by that stuff, it's spiritual language nobody ever taught me to pray that way. It just seemed right the more I looked at the Word. And I thought of intimacy, intercourse with God. I thought, boy, this is a spiritual, powerful thing. (laughs) Wonder if I am fertile ground, wonder if you are too. I wish you all spoke with tongues, But even more that you prophesied. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks in tongues. Watch. Unless he indeed. He interprets. That the church may receive edification. So you could be standing. In a worship service. And and you could just be singing in tongues. And praying in tongues. But you're the one getting the benefit. There's an edifying of yourself. And you are speaking to God. But Paul said if you're in that setting. I'd rather you prophesy so everyone can hear and receive and be edified and if you do pray in tongues and it's interpreted well then everybody will and it's as if you prophesy do you see that now brethren i come to you speaking if i come to you speaking with tongues so he's talking about the use of, of 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 other tongues okay so if I came to school in the morning, Shokata Baba Bahaka Setana Mahasatiara Bahashan dabaha se go to Matthew twelve. She saraba Bahasa I did tell you the words. <laughs> but do you understand? I
1: got
0: it. <laughs> I would I would I would I would accomplish very little <laughs> for your sake. What shall it profit you unless I speak to you either by revelation, by knowledge, by prophesying, or by teaching? Even things without life, whether the flute or harp, they make a sound. Unless they make a distinction in the sounds, how will it be known what is piped or played? For if the trumpet makes... So do you understand he's talking about the proper use of tongues here? Mm-hmm. And he's saying, you know, don't just walk around praying in tongues don't just if you ever override an atmosphere in other tongues to where you quiet down people what he's saying is that ought to be interpreted for the edification of all for if the trumpet i personally i personally when i'm in a service and i love i love singing out and praying in tongues i get a little excited sometimes i want to but i personally especially if i don't know people around me and stuff I, I don't just do it loud and open around people because I don't want to stumble anybody. I don't, I, it's, a, it's a privilege for me. I'll, I'll kneel down. I'll, sometimes I'll feel like I'll just do it in my heart sometimes. Like whisper it out. You know what I mean? Because I'm thinking of people. That's not religion. That's not me getting bound. That's me loving, caring about people. <laughs> Get me in my truck alone. hmm <laughs> and the Holy Spirit understands that so we're not whispering. There's many kinds of languages in the world. Verse 10, none of them is without significance, so other tongues does have significance. Therefore, if I don't know the meaning of the language, I shall be a foreigner to him who speaks, and he who speaks will be a foreigner to me. But remember how he started this off. If I speak in tongues, I'm not speaking to men, I'm speaking to God. Okay? Okay? Even so, since you're zealous for spiritual gifts, let it be for the edification of the church. So if you're pursuing to speak in tongues in a gifting way, then it needs interpreted and it needs to be like prophecy. Now watch this. Verse 14, I want you to see this. For if I pray in a tongue, who's praying? You do. He doesn't take your mouth and mobilize it. He just gives you the utterance you pray some people stand to receive Holy Spirit I've heard to say well I'm waiting for him to they think he's gonna go now I, I, I got very overwhelmed in my belly and it's almost felt that way I just pray who received the Holy Spirit where they prayed in tongues and it just came out of you and you didn't have a chance to even think about it that there's a lot of people that have had that experience that's how that was mine my kids got baptized in the Holy Spirit and prayed in tongues for three days. They were on the school bus and didn't know what to do because they couldn't stop. And they were sitting there going. <laughs> three days. And I encouraged them. I said, listen, continue. This is fellowship. This is so powerful. And make sure, you know, because you, you can have experience that powerful and let the things of the world creep in and actually walk away from something that was so real, if you're not careful. And I was encouraging him to continue and grow in this thing that was so wonderful called communion with God. Verse 14, and I'm closing with this. If I pray in a tongue, my what? My spirit prays. Isn't that, doesn't that intrigue you? Isn't that powerful? If I'm praying in a tongue, guess, it's not this praying, It's not even this praying. It's my spirit. I don't know about you. but Oh, you have a question or something? Okay.
2: Real quick. You might have already addressed this. I don't recall. But I was Catholic. I was baptized as a baby. Mm -hmm. Does that count? Because I I, I actually did get baptized as an adult, too, my choice. But... When I was, you know what
0: I mean. Yeah, I didn't cover water yeah. baptism. Uh, I thought I did, Sue wanted me to really cover it. I, I can't now, but uh, I thought I covered some of that. I, I preached on that so much that I probably thought I covered some of it in school. When you're baptized as a baby, you have no understanding and no belief so it's not the same as the baptism Jesus is talking about in Mark 16 believe and be baptized you shall be saved really what it is it's like a dedication to the Lord there's nothing wrong with it and thank God that people are willing to give their children to the Lord in dedication and not speaking a bad word about it but it doesn't take the place of believer baptism when they're preaching Jesus and they're getting because who knows that baby that's getting christened or whatever is still going to be born again and have a knowledge of the Lord at some time They're going to need to see their need for a Savior and repent You, you can't take a baby and water baptize them and call them born again when they're a baby because they're going to grow up Watch this and this is a the reality. They're going to grow up in the nature of sin in Adam until they're born again when they're born again when they believe they get what water baptized and transformed. So it doesn't. It, if, if you were only ever baptized. As an infant baby. Or your parents. You know. In good intention. Ran you through. The line when you were four or five. And you really were just like. Yeah. And just following your friends. Believe. And be baptized. And you shall be. Saved. Once you come to the understanding. Of believing. And what you're doing. Because water baptism. Has such great significance. A a baby doesn't know they're laying down their old nature. Doesn't know they're dying to the Adamic nature and and rising to the new life in Christ. A child doesn't know that.
2: So, so, so Anne, I'm sorry. Does that mean my parents who, were, who have been Catholic and never baptized again and have gone to church every Sunday and... If, if in their heart they accept, you know, they accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior that they... Well, then they're born have, again, they they're saved, born
0: again. Okay. Born again. I, I, but water baptism carries such a significance because of the grace that comes on. It says water baptism is the answer of a clear conscience. Here's my concern when we don't preach water baptism and people don't feel the need to get baptized. They're never acknowledging death to live. And a lot of, they're carrying the same fears, same emotions, same unchallenged mindsets into what's called a new life. Why wouldn't we get water baptized if it's all through our Bible? And Jesus said, believe and be baptized and you shall be saved. We're not getting legalistic with this and saying, well, if you weren't water baptized, you don't go into heaven. Because then people say, well you sound like if you don't get water baptized because wonder if you're on a plane and get saved and it crashes before you can get water baptized. I've had it, somebody ask me that question. I'm like <laughs> It's like we're trying to run from legalism and we're asking all these legalistic questions. And we find that we're snared by it. No, it's your privilege. Why wouldn't we get water baptized? Why wouldn't I get in the water to acknowledge my surrender to him, life in him, a death to the old, dying in the likeness of his death, dying to sin once for all, coming up, brand new baby, sparkly clean, shiny white, brand new child. You see what I mean? It's the answer of a good conscience. It's the drowning out of unrighteousness and the raising in the newness of life. So water baptism is amazing and powerful. And it was in the message. You look in the book of Acts, you scroll through. They did not get born again and hear the gospel without water baptism preached right in the message. It was actually the heart of the message. Outside of Christ dying for them. The, 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 the second priority. Was now you be baptized into this message. Into this life. It was right in the message. It's just a good question. And forgive me. I know. I, I take, do you have an announcement Sue or something? Are you just warning me of the time? time. But you have the mic. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I want you. To go back to Acts 8 with me real real quick real quick we can do this quick yeah. no we can Patty we can you can repent when I, when I do this quick you just say Lord forgive me what was I thinking okay <laughs> <laughs> Acts 8 35 34 <laughs> yeah well in 32 and 3 he's reading Isaiah 53 or I'm sorry uh yeah, he's, he's reading Isaiah 53 in verse 30, the end of 32 and all of 33. He's quoting Isaiah. And the eunuch asks Philip, I ask you, of whom does the prophet say this? Of himself or some other man? What a good in, right, for the gospel. You drive a truck through this door, right? So the eunuch's searching for truth. He's reading the scripture. Philip finds this man riding a chariot, reading the scripture, and he says, he jumps in the chariot, and he says, hey, Philip, or whoever he is, he doesn't even know he's Philip maybe, but he says, sir, who is this man talking about, himself or another man? Watch. Philip opened his mouth, and beginning at this scripture, preached Jesus to him. Is that what your Bible says? Yeah. Verse 35 preached Jesus to him. Now look. Now as they went down the road they came to some water. Not Philip. The eunuch said Hey! Water! (laughs) (laughs) When the eunuch saw water the message was so impacting and the water baptism was so beautiful that when the man saw water he went Hey! There's water! We can do this! I'm ready! (laughs) That means Philip did not preach Jesus to him without water baptism. Now, because men have given themselves to real legalistic things and preached like what your question was, they preached, well, if you don't get water baptized, you're not going to heaven. So then it becomes this big feud. And now, instead of finding the right truth in it, some people even push away from water baptism and just stop talking about it because of the out of balance of things. You see what I mean? No, what a baptism. God forbid we push it out. See, that's how we actually drifted into this message, prayed this prayer to go to heaven and get your name in a book. Because that has nothing to do with the transformation of life. That just has the blessing of everlasting life. Water baptism has everything to do with the newness of life, the transformation of life, and the resurrection power of God. So in the message to go to heaven, we push away, well, it died with the apostles, well, Jesus doesn't heal today, well, there's no gifts today, well, you really don't need water baptized, I mean, you just need to confess with your mouth, brother, and believe with your heart. That's deception. It's unscriptural. Philip couldn't even preach Jesus without water baptism. And the eunuch was so blessed by the message and water played such an important part. And he understood the concept that as they were passing, he spotted water. And the eunuch out of his own heart went, hey, is that in your Bible? And he said, what hinders me from being baptized? Look how grace and faith work. Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, well, you can. And watch what he said. I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And they said, whoa! They stopped the chariot. And they both, Philip and the eunuch, went down the water. And he baptized him. (laughs) Scriptural. Amen? Amen. We uh, have to take a break. Today, after this class, we'll answer some questions at the break. If you want to be prayed for to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, if you've never prayed in tongues and you want to be prayed for, and, and... you want us to bless you and pray and you believe that you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit that if you ask, he'll come. We'll pray with you today after the school, okay? Gladly. And uh, if there happens to be any students, you would think maybe we'd have covered this first. The way grace works, it's just right now. So identity, and it might be because identity is so important in receiving the things of God and understanding that you're already worthy you're already fit, and there's no defiling, and you're not dirty, and you're a vessel that's ready, and you're a house fit for a king. Amen? Do you still have a comment or something? You, got, you want to holler out?
1: Just that there's free cake out there from the, from the reception. Ooh, the, ooh,
0: ooh, yeah, ooh. So we'll never get cake. them back. You're going to have to ring the bell over <laughs> uh-huh. and over <laughs> and over. Yeah, throughout the break. Yeah.
1: I yeah. just want to give you that. That's
0: Uh, We'll get Chloe to lay hands on you. (laughs) We all ready to roll? Uh, We're going to take a couple questions. I have some that some students already wrote out. I have a few. You have to understand, too, we have a lot of online students. We'll probably have way more questions than I can touch and handle, of course. Some of them are, are... really good questions they're 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 not quick answers There you have to establish the answer with scripture so I'm probably going to just use some discernment here and go through some that I know I can cover in this time frame and tomorrow we'll just do questions okay like f- any questions you guys have is there anybody here that Martha just laid one up here I have a couple of my hands is there anybody here that's still sitting on questions waiting to ask a question if, if, if you have one, and want to write it out and give it to Sue. But tomorrow, we'll just hit questions. I have plenty to cover me, probably for the hour. And if not, we'll take a couple. But a couple of these I want to hold out. Man, these are good questions, though. It's amazing how many questions people have. Which is not a bad thing. Remember always, I said this in the beginning of the school too, guys. It's, not, it's certainly not wrong to ask questions. That would be ridiculous to not be able to ask questions. It would probably be like communism or something. I don't know, it would just be dictatorship or something. But remember the heart you ask a question and I'm not concerned about any of these. I'm just saying this for your sake. Even when you're talking to God, don't assume the right ever to have attitude, contesting, uh, be right, and already have an answer in asking a question. Why are you asking the question if it's in a tone as if you already have the answer? When you ask a question, you want to be sincere and you want to be humble and pure, especially before the Lord. But even when you're asking it with people, don't ask questions in a challenge because it'll just hinder your ability to hear. Like you could, uh, honestly, you can get strong in the Lord and somebody can ask you a question from any place possible and, and that's not a problem. Do you understand what I mean? But it would be a problem for you hearing. The Bible says, be slow to speak slow to anger, quick to listen. So when you ask a question, make sure it's in all humility. Whenever in your group settings, if you're ever in a home group or a Bible study and you have a question, and, and I'm just sharing this first, I don't know why I'm, I'm, I'm staying on this, but it just feels helpful. If you have an area that's frustrated you, you'd be amazed how that question comes out of you with a bite, with a frustration, and it hinders your ability to actually hear. It could actually, the people that you love and the people in your home group, it could actually threaten or intimidate the people we ask the question to, too. You just want to always keep a good grip on your heart and the why behind everything you do is all I'm saying, okay? These questions are all good. There's nobody's challenging, nobody's anything. And I I don't mind if people challenge. (laughs) You get challenging questions a lot, and it's okay. Jesus got them all the time. I like Jesus, too, a couple of times he said, Let me ask you first a question. <laughs> so, students, let me ask. No. <laughs> okay, let me go on with this.
3: Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. This is asking if we're going to commission the students. The name of the Visual Bible series, it's Matthew. Matthew, the Visual Bible series that I talk about a lot. It's called Matthew, it's just called the Visual Bible. Uh, They made one in the book of Acts. They were making one in Mark, but I don't think they finished that. And then there's a Gospel of John that is really good. But the the Matthew videos are amazing because of the person and personality of Jesus. He's just so awesome. (laughs) And he, he, there's a real testimony. Do you guys ever hear the testimony? The guy that played Jesus in the Visual Bible with Matthew, and how he prayed and fasted and sought the Lord. How he got so humble by playing the role that he said, "Holy Spirit, you led Jesus through the earth. If I'm going to do this movie, it has to be realistic. It has to be like it was. I don't want to just part take us something that's made by man. Like your heart crying about about man, and and when you watch that, you can see. It, it's amazing how his emotions change. How, how he, it's just, just even like the leper. And he's so full of, and he says, I am willing. And he, and he pulls back his thing. And you could just see that it would have to be like that. It's just, it's a visual Bible and it's good. But it's word for word. There's nothing added or subtracted. It's the word of God. So when you watch the visual Bible of Matthew, it's like you just read or heard somebody read the whole book of Matthew. It's very helpful. I love watching it. I love watching it. You can even see his heart when he's rebuking the Pharisees and, and, he's, and, he's, and, it, and, and he's saying words that are so sharp. But yet, the way Holy Spirit has him, he's more than an actor. You, you can see his love for people even when he's talking as straight as possible. And then he kneels and cries and says, Oh, Jerusalem, oh, Jerusalem. And I'm just done, man. I can't even, the, the videos mess me up. So, oh, do you, I'm assuming H.S. is Holy Spirit. Do you see Holy Spirit? What does Holy Spirit look like? Okay, well, Holy Spirit looks like Jesus. <laughs> The Holy Spirit is a spirit. He's in So he's, yeah. I just want you all to know and understand there's impressions, there's ministrations. It doesn't say he's a dove, he came, uh, came like a dove. Uh, he comes and shows himself in many ways. I, I, I did a wedding once. I shared a lot. I shared it in this school. You guys know. It, it, I saw with my eyes, it was like the smoke. It looked like a, a, a smoke or a mist. It was neat looking, but it came over both shoulders, joined as one tunnel, split around the bride and groom, went this way, passed each other on the way around and went around about four or five times, tied them and went out over the people and fell. It's phenomenal. It was really cool. And the people knew what was happening and didn't know what was happening because they went. And when they went to receive the bride and groom, they all ran to me and cried and said, What's happening? And I said, uh, Jesus. <laughs> no, I explained. So there's just neat things you get to see. Those things are fun. Please don't, don't even, I, I know people will disagree with me on this, but this is my encouragement to you. Don't even chase after them or look for them. They come in your communion with God when you can well steward them and they never just get weird in your life. You don't, you don't live for them, you live for Him. And in living, I've had crazy things. Twice I've seen the ceiling open and a clear crystal waterfall pour out. Twice. I'm not looking for that. Once it was on me and reinvigorated me after some witchcraft stuff, the other time it came on a lady with a brain tumor and disappeared the brain tumor. The lady in the bench was sitting from me to Kimberly away from the lady... That it was happening to that far away from here to there, and it was splashing her, and I could see the splashes splashing and touching, spritzing her. And she was going oh, oh, in the room. And she's not, she's from a, this lady was from a very denominational circle and had no history of manifesting charismatic stuff. She wasn't taught or trained in the church, and she didn't have any learned behavior. <laughs> Forgive me. <laughs> But there's a lot of learned behavior around from the circles we run into. And it's just, it's tough. It's hard to address because you don't want to judge. But Kim- Kimberly's sitting that far, or the lady's sitting that far away as far as Kimberly. And I'm watching this thing come on this lady and took a brain tumor out of her. But the splashings was hitting the lady. And every time it splashed and I saw it her, And it was just God showing me how the spirit of God is a living realm and a powerful unseen but powerful real realm and every time the little spritzes touched her she went oh, oh, oh. And this is a lady that doesn't shake or manifest. And it didn't seem like she had a choice when that water was spritzing her. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I like that. So it was just fun. So Holy Spirit's our friend. He's a spirit. He's Holy Spirit. But he reveals Jesus. Amen. And he manifests Jesus. And he speaks on behalf of the Father. And it's just really, really good. So, Okay. Could you give some more clarity on how to walk out and live in divine health? For a person who eats organic foods, takes supplements, et cetera, not sure what it would look like. You said in class that we're not vulnerable. That's neat, because it's answers I always give. That's To our environment, so I'm confused about the spiritual versus the natural, being a good steward of our body. Be the best steward you know to be of your body. If you have a conviction, follow it and eat right and do healthy. Just make sure it's not fear driving you. Understand what it means to bless your food and, and, and receive all things with thanksgiving and, and believe God's amazing love for you. He said, if you eat any deadly thing, it won't harm you. And then people say, yeah, but then you need to be a steward and know what's deadly, what's not. My, my, uh, my grandfather, I think fear is more damaging than anything. My, my, my grandmother canned. You guys know what canning is and fruits and stuff? She's a major canner. She made pies constantly. I hear, I hear all the things about white sugar, white sugar, white sugar. My grandfather ate more white sugar in his life, but he ate temperin in his life. He ate real healthy. He ate small amounts at a time, but they canned and grandma made s- the syrup. Mm-hmm. The half and half stuff that you put in your can. It's... it's like a cup of water, a cup of sugar. He's 99 and a half, and never had one medical issue my whole life. And my grandmother's 93, and the only reason she passed, because she was sad when Carl died, and said life's not the same, so three weeks later she passed. You need more white sugar, but if you have fear and, 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 and all that stuff, you'd be amazed. Fear plays more of a part in vulnerability. I'm convinced of this in my own heart. This is my own conviction. See, there's no law on this stuff. Do right, live right. I don't watch calories. I don't even know what all those phrases mean that people talk about. <laughs> my buddy Todd takes supplements and stuff. That's fine. He knows. I, I look and I read and I just say, whatever, I don't know what he's even what that is. And... But I know I feel like a million dollars plus every day of my life. I don't relate to pain. I don't relate to nothing. I just relate to him loving me. And I don't violate my conscience in eating. I don't indulge. I don't excess. I don't live to eat. I eat to live. I'm not, I don't run to the buffet excited and eat till I can't walk. I'm serious, I'm, that's what people do. Come on, it's all over the earth, two for one, extra double, extra large. All you can eat, all the signs, they're trying to get you more for your money, more for your buck. Eat till your heart's content. I don't live that way, and I won't live that way, because it would violate my conscience. And if my conscience is clear, I have confidence before him. Paul said all things are proper, and, and if you eat them With Thanksgiving now I don't I won't just go eat excess I won't just take a spoonful of Crisco and eat it because I think it's good come on but what I'm saying is I don't read every can do you think God saw the year 2011 and population if everybody tried to eat organic today if everybody tried to eat organic today nobody would be able to eat just a few there's no way you could supply the world and if you eat any deadly thing it won't hurt you. I know how Christians can be I've been around it at the altars. they'll read an article on this preservative and this new finding and fear grabs them and now they're going to pray just in case no when you read that article you God thank you for the gospel what would I do without you I'd probably die thank you that I'm preserved and protected in you and then if you have a violation about that preservative and it bothers your conscience, and you're trying to find faith, then just leave it alone. And just don't eat it. You understand? So I, I, I'm, I see people, what they call it a health kick, and they call it wisdom. And around a lot of people that I'm around, it's, it's, it's not just stewardship of their body, it's a lot of vulnerability and fear. That you need to decide. I'm not judging that. I'm saying in cases that I know of, for sure, a lot of it's vulnerability and fear. Like like they have fear for you if they see you putting something in your mouth that they wouldn't put in their mouth. And they're afraid for you because you're eating that. You might just be totally okay. So you could have feared for my grandpa his whole life. And he didn't know any different. He was fine. He lived. He was the most modest eater. Very thin man. Tall and thin man, the most modest eater I've ever met, but he ate more white sugar than any 10 of us combined in his probably his life. So some of this stuff, I think it's more wrapped around fear and natural knowledge. And I know we have all the studies now, see, because we're knowledge people, we're scientific people. So now we know that this, and this is bleached, and this is that, and this is poison, and this is that, and oh my God, and most of us are afraid to live on the earth today. As if there's no gospel protection or covering in the Holy Ghost. So I'm just saying stay temperate. If something violates your conscience, stay away from it. That's my rule personally. So you're asking me to bring, I, there's no other, there's no other, all things are profitable. Received with thanksgiving and it's made clean. There's nothing unclean. Man, I'm not going there, Vicki. There's nothing unclean. You can eat anything. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't eat a cat. no. No. I need a rabbit. I like rabbits, actually. (laughs) Donna said, cats taste the same. (laughs) No, now you have three. Donna. (laughs) Go ahead. And I know my answer's probably causing a thousand questions. Well, here's what I'm simply saying. Live by faith, live in temperance, and don't violate your conscience. And the law of love says that if something bothers you don't do it but whatever you do whether you don't do it don't do it under the Lord and if you do it do it under the Lord don't get religious and don't fight over it face the key anything not of faith is sin (laughs) so for Christian to come to me and say well I don't think you should eat that Well, you're a man of God. Don't you know what's in that? You're poisoning your body. God gave you, you shouldn't eat that. And it's because you read a newspaper article. Mm -hmm. And now you say you're loving me and trying to protect me, but it's vulnerability and fear. And I have no conscience, no conviction. (laughs) And I actually don't have a problem eating a lunch-sized bag of chips. No problem whatsoever. I eat it once a month. I'll eat a bag of chips probably, but I have no problem doing it, but I won't eat a bag of chips. (laughs) (laughs) You follow my point? But there's some people that's my god why would you even stick that in your mouth don't you know how they make that and what's in that that's just like death in a bag and i'm like that's your concern i'm just okay thanks and and a lot of this is fear a lot of us believe we're vulnerable to cancer a lot of us believe we're vulnerable to the flu that's why we get the shots i'm just saying (laughs) <laughs> I, 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 don't have, I don't have one piece of medicine in my home. Now, I don't preach this stuff usually. But I'm not waiting to get sick. I don't have one bottle of nothing. No stomach settler, no ROL-Aid, No, I don't have, I have never, I don't put none of that in my body for 16 years. I'm not expecting that. And if I would find myself in that, there's something that I have. See, now I'm getting flaky on you. And I'm not condemning you. I'm not saying this comparing. You could hear it that way and and, and cross the line. I would rather have a headache for two hours and lay a hold of faith and have God deliver me so that I learn that he's my help in time of need than just grab three or four somethings, pop them in, and get rid of it in five minutes so I don't hurt. I'd honestly rather walk through that little bit of pain and believe God and just trust God. And uh, that's me, that's me talking. I'm not telling you you're wrong for popping Advil in your mouth. That's ridiculous. I have never preached that and you've never heard me say that. But because we rely on these things, it's a fine line where you begin to be dependent on things that give you immediately relief instead of building something in this way. And I'm just that kind of guy. I, you know, you say, well, you have a high tolerance of pain and all that, I probably do, but, but I'm that way. That's how I think, I, that's just me. That's not to judge you, I'm just saying, I'm answering this question directed to me. So I eat pretty freely, I eat very healthy, I grow my own stuff in the garden, we can. I don't eat a lot of weird stuff. I don't stop at fast food hardly ever. I love it, who thinks it's good? I love it, but I don't stop there much. The way my life is, I eat eat probably pretty healthy uh, at large. Now, a person that's big time organic or in, in health foods would probably think I eat terrible. Probably. I actually have a conviction and conscience that I eat pretty good. And the Holy Spirit doesn't tell me any different. And he loves me and I'm in communion with him a lot. And he's never told me, Dan, you shouldn't do this. Dan, you shouldn't do that. One time, I was indulging uh, sugar in an excessive way and I didn't realize it. And I had a little pain right here. And it was there for five days. And it was right there. It started to bug me because it was a silly little pain. I'm watching God do stuff. And I'm like, and I, and I have a revelation, some things. And I've walked through some stuff with Jesus. And this little pain was just sitting there like, and, and after about five days, I'm like, and I just talked to the Lord. And he said, Dan, you eat entirely too much sugar. And he went and he showed me what whatever it was. And I completely stopped it immediately. Mm. Why? Because he's my father and he's fathered me. And he showed me that that little pain was an excess in my life. It was outside of temperance. So it was outside of the box of the way I live. And as soon as, watch, he didn't, I didn't have to stop that. And then this thing wear off. As soon as he said that, it went, oh, the pain just went boop. That's amazing. I know a guy that your conscience and spiritual manifestations are made. I know a guy that was having struggles with smoking, and he had a conviction. And I don't even think about people smoking, but people think about themselves smoking when they're Christians. I would never judge you. If, if you felt like you had to smoke, that's between you and God and you're working that out and I wouldn't tell you, man, what are you doing? You don't need to do that. I, I, I don't even address that stuff. You've never heard me talk about none of that from the pulpit. That's, that's not even the stuff I'm thinking. I'm thinking your convictions will work out. I know a lady that came off the drugs and the prostitution that let a Bible study for a year smoking while she taught her Bible study and didn't think nothing of it. And after a year, Holy Spirit said, you know, you really don't need that. As she grew in him, and she went, oh, and she realized, and she put it away, and she never smoked anymore. But she grew to that place. And Holy Spirit was amazing, ministering to other people that still had issues and stuff, but he grew a foundation in him, and grew him to a place where they let go of things that used to be. I think that's okay, to that degree. I, I don't preach, well, you shouldn't drink, you shouldn't. It's like the old farmer ran over to the, what, what, what makes you a Christian? Well, I don't drink, I don't smoke, and I don't run the women. I guess my mule's a Christian. <laughs> do, you, do you see? That's not what makes us a Christian the do's and don'ts. It's just that, that's a Pastor Don thing. He's rubbing off on me. He has some little jokes. <laughs> But but and I know you have a question back there, but, but do you guys hear my heart in what I'm saying? So Romans 14, so for me, for somebody to come to me with their conviction and say, Man, you shouldn't do that, da-da-da-da-da. Well, that would be like me turning to them and say, Well, you probably ought to get a little more free and get in faith and just get a little more secure in Christ. And now we're just fighting, and then we might all just start our own churches and make a new river. Yeah, I know. That <laughs> was sharp. Watch this. The Bible says, some esteem every day the same, some esteem a day different. It says, but if the one that esteems every day the same, let him do it to the Lord. And the one that esteems the day different, let him do it unto the Lord. And they're both standing the same before God. And don't you get on each other, because they're both standing before God. Because what you do, you do it by faith. It says, but if you're eating, if you're eating something and have a total conscience to eat something and somebody doesn't have that conscience and you eat in front of them on purpose to boast your faith, you're not in faith at all. You've just stepped outside of love and you're the one in sin. So faith is the key on this thing. Faith is a strong issue. And, and of course I'm aware of the health movement. Of course I'm aware that a lot of ministries promote certain eatings and don't eat this and do eat this. And they spend whole shows on TV telling you what to eat and what not to eat. And what causes this and what doesn't cause this. And, but my concern is we're not even preaching the gospel anymore. We're just trying to survive. And we're trying to do everything right. And we're calling it stewardship. And we surround it with certain names. But I think there's more fear and vulnerability than we'd care to admit and confess to. I mean, we call it the common cold because we all expect to get it. We call it flu season. We've given it a season. We, We have. We've given it a season. Heaven doesn't know what you're talking about. Heaven doesn't understand what you mean. Jesus came in the earth as a man. He wasn't vulnerable to all those things. There's a place to walk in the spirit and still not walk foolish. It's not arrogance. It's all about conscience. If you violate conscience, you shipwreck faith. Anything not of faith is sin. So you let your heart be pure. You make sure you don't get on tangents. If I didn't understand what I'm saying, I could get on a tangent and just be out to prove something and probably get hammered quickly. Mm -hmm. Come on. So just be careful. I've seen more people in fear over eating right than just honestly eating right because they had that conviction to take care of themselves. I've seen it attached to vulnerability and fear more than anything. Perfect love casts out fear. I'm in the world. I'm not of it. I'm not subject, I told you that story about Red Cross and they told me about the blood and stuff, my blood. And, the, and I said, what are you actually saying, ma'am? And she said, well, it's like, it's, it's, she said, it's like you're not even living in the world. Mm-hmm. That's what she said on the phone. I said, oh, I can explain this. <laughs> and I shared the whole gospel with her. Because she said the things that aren't in your blood, they have to be in your blood. they test positive in 99.9% of people because of environment and exposure just living on the earth. It doesn't keep you from donating, but they're just there just because you're in the earth. You're on the earth. And she said, you don't have any of those things in your blood at all. And I wasn't surprised. It wasn't something I believed for specifically. It's something I understand as a whole. This is part of the package of redemption. I'm in the world not of it. Wonder if I understand what that means. Wonder if I don't have to pray about every topic wonder if I just believe I'm as if I never ate the tree. So I'm living in the Garden of Eden. My feet are in the Garden of Eden. You think I live at 2280 Catherine Street. You're wrong. I live in heaven. Heavenly places. Wonder if I do believe that. And there's more perks and benefits that are yet to be seen. And I just bump into them along the way because I believe one truth. Oh boy, that feels good to me. (laughs) Because see, I believe what I'm telling you. (laughs) I'm not condemning you if you have pains. I'm not that's that I'm not condemning you. What I'm saying is, when you have those things, so divine health, here's the question: could you give more clarity on how to walk and live in divine health? What do I preach constantly? Communion and relationship with God and receiving His love. And even if you're going through things, don't question. Get on a search and try to find a better scripture to apply to prayer. Just keep receiving His love and grow up into Him in all things. And love casts out fear and need won't drive you in fear. Love will release faith in your life and faith will release all things. So you never become a product of what you're going through. You're always a product of what He's been through. So we're not comparing ourselves among ourselves in these things. If I'd share my personal testimonies too much, it would sound like I'm comparing myself to you. And some people would hear is, boy, I got a long way to go. Instead of, wow, there's so much more to walk in. Mm -hmm. Instead of hearing, wow, there's so much more to walk in, we hear, boy, I got a long way to go. Mm -hmm. That is hearing in a wrong ear. I personally don't share a lot of the things I enjoy. I don't, when, I don't say a lot from the pulpit that I don't have pains and I don't this and I don't get sick. I have people privately come up and say, do you ever get sick? I can't relate to having a cold. I've never had the flu since I've been saved. I don't understand what it means to have a fever, a stomach ache. I don't have that ever. I thank God for that. I'm not believing for that. I'm just in covenant and believe a bigger picture. I believe I'm in Eden. I believe I'm in Christ. And I'm not in the world and I am not vulnerable to it. I'm not expecting to get the flu. My biggest challenge if I would get it would be shocked that I have it probably. I'd have to get over that. <laughs> not here we go again. I hope you guys are hearing my heart clean on this. I'm trying to bear my heart without you hearing me wrong. Because I know there's people here that you have certain challenges and stuff. You're, the, our answers are receiving God's love. I, I went to work and, and I was supposed to work and they said you can't miss any time in your 90 day per week. I got sick the first night in my body. I started to feel the symptoms at supper. I couldn't eat and I had to get to work in an hour and I started to feel like the flu coming on me. I thought you're kidding me. There's no way I never get the flu. And, and I went up and I started quoting the word in my bedroom. <laughs> And did what a lot of us are taught to do. Now I'm preaching all these scriptures. (sighs) Because if it gets down to it, I've read that book. I could preach for a long time scriptures in my bedroom and quote the word. And I'm there, and Holy Spirit's like, shh, Dan, shh. Shh. Just open Psalms 103, just open it. I turn to Psalms 103. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. (laughs) Laid the Bible down. And stirred me right back to union and communion relationship. I bless you. Oh, I bless you, Father. Here I am striving, quoting, praying, caught up in works, trying to get a breakthrough. I bless you, Father. And I don't forget your benefits. I'm standing, I don't even remember when I got totally free and healed. I just know 15 minutes later I'm a gushy mess and I feel like a million bucks. I'm trying to get a healing. And the Holy Spirit's going, Psst, shh, shh, hey, what are you doing? This ain't us. <laughs> Dan, I'm over here. Come sit with me. I'm on the floor <laughs> quoting all these healing scriptures. No this has to leave because I'm a child of God. Nothing that's not of God can stick to me. And I'm praying all these scriptures. Holy Spirit's going, psst. Hey, what do you do? Come here. <laughs> Bless the Lord. It was union, communion, relationship. I just shifted a gear. I was like, because I was so shocked that I felt that way, because I was so expecting not to feel that way. The night before, my supervisor had the flu and got healed just standing around me <laughs> and confessed it publicly without me praying for it. Out of the blue, I don't know what it is, but I'm standing by this guy, and every time I get near him, I feel better. So I've been hanging around him all night, <laughs> and I go, I can explain that, and I did explain it to all of them. So I hope you're hearing me clear. Did you still have a question?
2: Well, I just wanted to give a personal testimony briefly that um, I was lethargic and had melancholy and constipation and cold, and when I I've been exposed to a lot of nutritional stuff because my mom's had a health food store for 35 years, but I found that like these are signs of low thyroid, and I went to a doctor and he ran a generic test and um, trying to make this short, but it did, it showed up not enough, and so later, years later, I went to another doctor He ran the specific, I have a low thyroid, I go on the natural stuff because I oppose taking meds if mm-hmm. I can, and um, and then I realize how much the thyroid needs iodine and how short Americans are in that and our soil is totally depleted of minerals and the Japanese don't have all those problems. They get enough iodine with their fish and and, and seaweed and stuff. So I get my thyroid or my iodine level checked and it's way below what normal would be, so I'm so I'm eating more fish and seaweed and, and subsidizing with an iodine tablet under control of my doctor and I'm functioning better and I'm hoping to get off the armor thyroid pig thyroid stuff, and so uh, I'm bringing that up because, you know, if, if we are, if my thyroid's not working right, and sure enough, I've had x-rays on it, too, so that has adversely affected it, you know, there's, and, I, and I'm believing that God's going to heal me, but I still know that I need to get my iodine, so I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with anything you're saying, I agree with what you're saying, you know. No, that's why
0: about. it's such a big topic, because in your situation, that's where your conviction is, that's where you're, 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 you're searching all that out. I'm not comparing me to you. That's why it's a touchy question. I, 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 I <laughs> God help me. I'm in trouble. I personally don't. I don't think that way. I, I believe that. That I don't believe because I don't live in Japan and all that. I just. I. I. I believe I can be okay. And I believe there's a place for me to function and. And there's a way for God. But at the same time, you've searched as you find this. It makes simple sense to you. So you're not any less than me. It's what I'm saying. I, 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 don't, I, won't, I don't look into it. Because the more you go that route, the more understanding you find. And the more list and the bigger. And now you've got a million reasons why you might not be okay. And you've got all this stuff you need to do and keep in check so that you're okay. I've seen that list get so big with people. And I've watched people that get so health conscious, they feel the worst of anybody I know. They're so health conscious in what they eat and don't eat, and they feel bad all the time. And the more they feel bad, the more they pursue that arena. And the more knowledge they get, the more reason they have for not being okay, because they're living in the world. Mm -hmm. I know 10, 15 people off the top of my head in that category right now and they feel terrible all the time and they're constantly conscious of diet eating, what they don't have, what they're lacking and gotten all this stuff. There is a statement at some point where you cross vulnerability. My answer is you gotta make sure it's not vulnerability. I'm not hearing that in you. You're saying I'm lacking this, I'm eating and doing what I can to get that in me and it's helping. That's awesome you have to know where that line is where it doesn't become vulnerable and what else am I lacking and what is well now you're going on this web search and finding yourself come on be honest with me we go on for natural knowledge that website for symptoms for feelings and you get yourself so freaked out and think you got trouble and if we'd open the Word of God and stay in prayer as much or more than we're on that internet we'd really know God by now that's not a harsh statement that's true in many cases We've done so much natural study and natural knowledge. If we'd seek spiritual things, we'd, we'd probably have better answers. And that's not a wrong answer. I'm not contesting your answer. I totally am totally cool with that. As a teacher in the school, there is, that is totally fine and clear with me. My answer is I'm concerned how far we go with certain studies, searches, mentalities because I've watched people get so out of balance. And it becomes a fear to them. And, and if it's as simple as eating more fish, man, I love fish. Eat more fish. That is not unspiritual. You understand? But at the same time, watch this. Nah, no, thanks. Now I'm getting help here. If I don't have access to more fish or can't eat fish, I'm still in Eden. That's my point. I, I'm, I'm still in Eden. I want to know what Adam was before he ate that tree. I want to know if Adam had supplement deficiencies, possibilities. (laughs) I don't think. And there's just a place I'm going after. You don't have to agree with me or run with me. But I'm just saying it's a place of clear conscience and no fear. And it's my privilege to go there. You don't have to go there and don't feel compared by me when I preach on it. And I am not condemning her in one bit. Eat more fish. I would anyway. <laughs> I don't know about the seaweed, but I'll pray for you on that one. <laughs> no, it just sounds funny, seaweed. Because I know people eat seaweed. I, I pictured a seal, you know. <laughs> and I think it's seaweed, because you picture raw seaweed, you know. But it is raw seaweed in some cases, isn't it? What is it? I've seen it before. You've had it before. I've tasted it. You were eating it in a bowl one day. I said. You're eating seaweed. Oh, yeah. I did taste it. I thought it was kind of strong, kind of bitter. Oh, yeah. Is it strong and bitter? No. You like it? Yeah. <laughs> it's so good for you. Yeah. See? Now watch. Now look. Yes, it's so good for you. Who knows that's totally cool? It's
2: so refreshing.
0: Do you hear? So you, I'm not preaching against that. If that's what you see and you're reaping for that eat seaweed, I like seaweed.
2: <laughs>
0: but don't believe if you can't get a hold of, don't believe if your seaweed shipment doesn't come in you're lacking come on come on now that's my point because i promise you in many cases if you can't get your seaweed you're in trouble if you can't get enough fish you're in trouble when is jesus lord is what i'm saying and i'm not being hypo spiritual i'm being real yeah. <laughs> So, eat your seaweed, man, I'm serious. (laughs) So that's what that was between your teeth the other day. I thought, what is that? I'm teasing so I'm trying to answer a question as gracious as I can without sounding super spiritual without you being compared and condemned because I am not wrong with you eating right and it would be silly for me to say it's wrong to eat right and eat supplements and do good things but don't believe for a minute if you can't access them or get to them that you have to be in trouble yes. I don't believe that and I'm just passing it on and you don't even have to agree you don't have to agree with anything I taught in this school Do you have a, a question on top of the question? I, I just have,
1: uh, I guess it's a comment, because my problem was I was so paranoid about eating right, and I couldn't afford to eat right. I couldn't go to the health food stores. I couldn't do all these things. Yeah, what do you do and if you go Lord, to a third world country? The Lord had Church. to say to me, You need to relax. I got control of your kids, I got control of you.
0: See, I, I believe God speaks that way.
1: I couldn't afford it. And it's like,
0: See, we're living in America and we got all these stores on the corners. You go to third world countries, you go to places where, and they have different scenarios and setups and and, and they have poverty and all that. And you can can preach a certain thing, but it leaves, if that's the way it has to be for you to be okay, then you're leaving the rest of the world out because we live in a very privileged country.
1: I just prayed over my food and just said, Lord, you know the minerals we need. You know what my children need. And I just believe you're going to do this for me because I, there's no, we're doing the best we can and we're yours.
0: Amen, I like that. I went to a Mediterranean restaurant in Massachusetts, buffet, got one plate, but I felt it pretty good.
1: <laughs>
0: but they had all the names in Indian of the food, so I had no clue what I was eating so it was just so fun because I didn't have a clue so I just got something of everything went the whole around. they said it was very spicy and seasoned the only word I recognized was goat so I know I ate a goat I don't think there was CATs in the bins I don't think but I'm not sure but all I know is this I took that plate and said thank you Jesus this is going to be fun I just because on that sheet you said to peter don't call what i 've made clean unclean, yeah. and that was you talking to Peter, and I am not going to call it unclean if you said it 's clean, and I will not you're the Lord God, so thanks for this food, and it was so good, and i don 't even know what I ate i, I don 't have a clue <laughs> it's it's like uh can I, can I share this? Vicky's daughter's out of country. She's in a, in a culture that eats guinea pigs. I love guinea pigs. She has a little pet guinea pig. And now she's in a culture where she can't offend, so she has to eat, in a sense, her pet to not offend people. What's more important?
1: It tastes good
0: offending people or keeping people in a good place where they can receive from you and just being kind of like, well, I ain't eating a guinea pig or going with their culture to keep their hearts open or stumble them by saying, I ain't eating no guinea pig. Mm. So what did a woman of God do? He eats the guinea pig. Why not? You taste
1: delicious.
0: You like them? Yes, I love them. You eat them? Yes. She's awesome. See, <laughs> She's up here saying, I eat guinea pigs. I eat rabbits. I never ate a guinea pig. Are they good? See, we're eating all kinds of clean things. But you go to cultures like David Hogan preaches, you know, you're, you're not supposed to eat, drink, like blood in the Bible. But he gets these villages saved and they, they want to honor him or he'll go to a village to preach Jesus and when they receive him in, there, there's something they drink or eat there all the time. It's called blood moldy. And he says he is totally convinced that it's more important to eat the blood moldy and keep them in a place where they can receive from him, then violate them and make him seem outstanding, he's proud or whatever, where he has no voice in their life. So in that sense, he's becoming like the Jews to win the Jews, but, but it's all for the sake that in a minute, they can get saved and understand, and he can teach them why they don't eat blood. But until that point comes, he said he'll wolf down a, a bowl of blood mo- moly like it's ham and eggs. That's what he said. But he said, but it ain't. It's all about love and the conscience and God's grace. God's a lot bigger than that stuff. Do you understand what I'm saying here? So, that was a, that was a bigger question than I, I knew it was, actually. But I think the point got made at the end where it's great to eat your seaweed and your fish, but if you can't access it, don't think you're in trouble. Know you're in Christ. I'm going to leave it with that. It feels healthy. Yeah. Amen. No, I understand. I was making a point that you're because I wonder if you go to a foreign country. Wonder if you end up somewhere. For, wonder if the chips fall and you don't have the shipments. Wonder if some end times kind of thing we get thrown into and you all of a sudden need to have faith. You ought to just have it now. Yes. You ought to know you're okay. You're in the Christ. You're never going to die. You're in the Lord. Elisha's by the brook. Ravens brought him food. That was probably was unsanitary. They, ate, they carried it either in their beak or their feet. Either one. People go, Ew, I need a wipe. <laughs> Come on. If God's sending it, it's okay. Peter said no, I've never put anything unclean in my mouth. Eat Peter. <laughs> that was God. Eat Peter. <laughs> you still got a question or a comment on this food thing? No. Oh. I I have a comment about I couldn't. Go for it, dear. I love you, Patty. I bet you do. No, I do.
1: <laughs> You're miss
0: and not because I'm commanded to. People say, Well, I'm commanded to. I love you because I do. No,
1: my Mike, it has nothing to do with that question. Oh, good. No, I'm not going there. Um, <laughs> it was before when you were talking about, you know, with people smoking, you were saying, you know, uh, it has nothing to do with the non-Christian or or anything, but now, after you become a Christian. Right. Okay, not with the smoking, and like, just say, drinking. I have so, so many, this is a question that's been on my heart for a long time. Uh. I guess it doesn't say anywhere you should not drink. Okay. However, I was on the other. It's like the one day I was out in my backyard, and it's like the Holy Spirit said to me, you know, if I'm in a restaurant, and I'm you know, and I see nothing wrong with I'm having one drink, a you know, a social drink, but somebody walks in,
0: right? That there's, knows me. There's a lot to consider there. That's right.
1: That knows me and even that's romans
0: I'm, 14 it would do everyone good to read romans 14 and become it it's called I, the law of love if
1: i cause them to stumble right i cause them to sin right it was my you fault.
0: violate their own conscience they see you a certain way and now all they can see you for is patty and I, she drinks
1: I'm not, yeah now, oh my gosh tomorrow i'm an alcoholic
0: patty and she drinks uh you know there's a lot of christians that say well there's nothing wrong with the you know he turned the water into wine brother And and, you know, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot more factors. It's called the law of love. You know, some people say, well, all things are lawful for me. Well, it also says that you shouldn't come under the power of any. I mean, there's a whole lot of things that we could touch on that are touchy, that people get ruffled feathers over. The smoking thing, I'm glad you actually brought it up because I didn't finish what I was saying because I got pulled off into that food thing. But, which was a good question. It's a very good question. Uh, I guess what I'm saying is believe for divine health. And believe that you're in Eden and believe and grow in love that God has for you and just keep growing in redemption in the finished work of Christ because it's your faith in that one truth that takes you there. It's not believing for healing. We're busy believing for healing. I wonder if we understand redemption in the blood and the redemption from the fall and we've been redeemed through his blood and this love is so amazing. All of a sudden, vulnerability and fear slip away. This man had a conscience violation with smoking, and then he'd sneak away and smoke, and he would never smoke around Christians, and he'd have to leave and smoke. And after a while, it felt like a band around his head real tight and a pain and a pressure right here. And it manifested, it was like a violated conscience. It was pressure on his conscience. It was weird. And he was asking for prayer for it for a long time, and all of a sudden, it hit me. What it was. And the Lord showed me what it was. And I said it's, it's manifesting. Whether it's God spiritually showing you what you're doing to yourself. Because you're graying yourself out. Or whatever. Whether it's demonic. But it's connected. And I talked plainly about the smoking. Because I don't touch that stuff. But he cried and stuff. And got a grip on that area. And that. Poof! Isn't that amazing? So you know. Y- you can get caught up in a lot of. There is people. I, I, now we're on this topic. I know there's, you can drink coffee, and I'm not a legalist, but if you can't not drink coffee and you get a headache so bad and all that stuff, that would concern me if I was in your shoes. Because you'd be completely dependent upon it. And now you're under the control and dominion of that level of coffee and caffeine. But see, Christians don't want to talk about that. See, but brother, I'm not under the law. Well, but you're in bondage. To where if you don't drink it, you can't function and have a terrible headache. And you don't want to try to quit because you can't because you'll have a terrible headache and you don't want to go through that again because then you pick it back up in two weeks because you can't live without. And then that's something to address, not to laugh away and just go to Starbucks and call it St. Arbucks. That's what people call And it's a serious thing. I'm talking about a serious thing. You see how serious I am? It's not condemning. It's not judging. I don't care if you drink coffee. Are you kidding? You're your own person before God. I am not your judge. But I care enough about people to say that, listen, we can talk ourselves into a jam, but the reality of our life is if we're dependent on these other things, how can we sing we're free? And if I can't not drink it, and not get a busting headache, and I'm dependent on it, why is that different than drug addiction? Why is that different than alcoholism? Why is it any different? Just because it's coffee. It becomes addictive. And anything I know a young girl a teenage girl that came to me and I said hey girl what's going on she said I'm good now I said what do you mean because she was precious to me years ago I haven't seen her forever she's got married now and, but she was it's been a long long time I haven't seen this girl for 10 years so she's well well into her 20s close to 30 now but she said well I'm finally free and I'm free of my conscience and I said what do you mean watch what she said teenager at the time I don't drink Mountain Dew anymore. I said, well what's wrong with drinking Mountain Dew? I said, I actually like a good Mountain Dew now and then. She said I was addicted to it and the Lord showed me in prayer. Did you ever notice I had a bottle? And I thought, my gosh, you did. Every time I saw her, she never didn't have a big bottle. It's a little skinny girl and she's always carrying this big bottle of Mountain Dew with her. All the time, nonstop. And the Lord showed her she was living by it. That it was actually like people do with alcohol and drugs and, and smoking. And he loves her. And he's, she was saying, why can't I get close to you? Why do I feel this and that? He said, honey, you're depending on this. You need this. And without this, you're not okay. But without me, you're not okay. And as a teenager, she just laid down Mountain Dew. And I thought, that's commendable. That's cool. Now, is God a legalist? He pointed it out to her in prayer. See, this kind of stuff we get uneasy and don't like talking about it. Because we're leaning and dependent on a lot of other things. But we're pursuing to know him more. But all these things we're leaning on. And and David Hogan says he doesn't drink coffee unless he's in Mexico. Because it's culture and they drink coffee like crazy. So he drinks coffee there. But if he's not there, he doesn't drink it. What's that mean? He's drinking it socially to not offend. But he's not addicted. He doesn't need it. So, this is a hard topic sometimes when you bring it up because people think, oh my God, I'm addicted to coffee. I don't want to face it and here. I'm trying to pray because now my whole life is just shot because I'm addicted to coffee. And that's why it's hard to talk about it because of how people react. Mm-hmm. But I'm not saying that. I'm saying if you have that conviction, man, wean off, ease off, ask God for mercy and grace, put all your trust in Him. And I'm not even saying stop drinking, just make sure you're not bound to anything. I don't want to be bound to anything anything and and, and that's not legalistic it's just flat out truth I don't want to be bound to anything it can be hunting and fishing was that to me before I was saved I I was so addicted to getting out of my house and being in the outdoors it was the same as an alcoholic exactly the same are you following me Tried to fill the need in my life. And the more I did it, the more I had to do it. So when I got saved, I didn't fish for five years. Just for my own conscience sake to know I was free. I wasn't going to hunt at all. And my wife forced me out to go kill a little deer. Because she said, you're not going without a deer. Said, we didn't need to eat a deer. I said, Kimmy, it's okay. I'm not, No, you're getting a deer. She literally forced me out to go get a deer. Yeah, good girl. Huh? Yeah, she like. I went home one night, I didn't have my license or nothing. She said, you go get your license now. I said, I used to not, you couldn't even keep me home. Now I want to stay home and you're pushing me out. She said, go get a deer. We're eating spaghetti, my favorite meal. And she said, why haven't you hunted yet? Well, why can't you go now? Uh. <laughs> you said, see me walking down the road tracks with my bow. Lord I just don't believe she's pushed me out here to hunt I don't even want to hunt I didn't even want to open this door in my life you know this was a bondage to me I didn't even want to go climb up in a tree and get this thing back in my blood I don't even want to hunt I'm asking you to let this happen and get it over with I don't want to just sit out here in a tree for weeks I get up in my tree I hang my bow and look and it's like and don't think God doesn't help me hunt because one time I was sitting he said you better stand up you better stand up now he helps me hunt Last year, two years ago, turkey season, he said, Don't go that way. Go out this way till 9 o'clock and call from out there. And I got a big old gobbler. Jesus walks with me and hunts with me. He's cool with it because we utilize it and we eat. And it's on that sheet with Peter. So I climb a tree and I look and there's the deer walking in. And I know some of you ladies would be like, oh my God. It almost looked like it was being led through the woods right to my tree. It doesn't happen, guys. You that hunt know this doesn't happen. You're moving when you climb a tree. You got to get in and things got to settle. I don't even have my mask on. I'm putting my thing and here's this deer just. And I'm like, oh my God. I looked up. I said, this is ridiculous. <laughs> I'm saved seven, eight, or no, by that time it's two months. I'm like, this is ridiculous, Lord. I mean, come on. It walks right through the woods with a bow, getting the shot is always hard and stopping. He comes right there at the tree and goes, (laughs) (laughs) boom. He goes boink, 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 boom. My truck's there. I drive right on the field road, throw him in my truck. I'm home and they're just barely cleaning the dishes from spaghetti. (laughs) And my wife said, why aren't you hunting? (laughs) What was the wind wrong? Was somebody in your spot? She knows the language because I was a hunter. And I said, well, and I played it up. So I said, what are you talking about? You told me to go get a deer. How long does it take a guy to get a deer? <laughs> I said, let's get out the spaghetti. Oh, you couldn't have got a deer. You were only out. You couldn't have been going six, seven minutes. You seven minutes into your tree stand a minute. I said, how long does it take? How about that spaghetti? And the kids couldn't take it. They ran out. Boom, 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 boom. And I heard them out there screaming and squealing because they're looking in the back of the truck. My wife said, you couldn't have got a deer. She turns out and she's like, what? And I'm sitting there eating like a king. Just how long does it take to get a deer? <laughs> so it's just fun. Because that's the only reason I hunted. Because my wife said that she utilized the, the meat. Go hunting. That doesn't mean, and she said, it doesn't mean you're addicted to the outdoors. But watch how clear my conscience got and how tender my conscience got. That I didn't want to open a former thing up. And feel like I was still in need. That was just my love for God doing that. So don't get condemned about these kind of teachings. They're things to really face. They're really things to face. You want to be free in every way. And that doesn't mean you're condemned if you drink coffee in the morning. Or you can't wait to get up and drink coffee. Preachers make fun about it and make it light. But you got to be careful when you start jesting too much with things. Because you're trying to talk around your consciences at times and it's time to face things it's not wrong to drink a cup of coffee it's not wrong to drink a glass of wine with your spaghetti dinner yeah I said that I wouldn't do it I have no desire to do it but I could sit with you at your house and you could both drink a cup of wine at your spaghetti dinner and I'd think nothing of it but at the same time you've got to be conscious to what maybe somebody else might think especially a young Christian or whatever but I wouldn't do I don't have any desire I don't even I don't have any desire I don't even have a desire to put that stuff in my body But if somebody feels like they like it, enjoy it. Hey, turn the water into wine, brother. Well, so be it. I'm not gonna ever judge you on that. But you're the steward of your heart. And I've heard a lot of people talk around things and say, well, I just do it socially. And you find out that they can't help but to do it. That they're actually using it as a stimulant to calm them because the day is so tense. That's a scary door to begin to open right there. Let me show you what works. Father I just thank you and worship you and I appreciate you, Holy Spirit that you're in my life. You see, Shane, you've had your hand up, I, I realized. And we got to end now and I got a lot of questions tomorrow. I'll try to wrap up questions. Go ahead.
3: Yeah, um, I just uh, um, wanted to, uh, yeah say that um, uh, with this, like we're, we're all of our hearts, I think, are in the right spot and we all desire to embrace all that we can be in Christ, embrace all that He uh, died for, and all this stuff. Our heart motivation right now, and our heart's desire with with these questions is so pure and so good, we want more of Him. And I see um, a little bit uh, of a temptation or a possible stumbling point if we go home, and then we're like, okay, I need to start looking at, you know, start to try, basically, where we try to point out places that we feel like we're going overboard and like, okay, you know, let's start looking at my coffee, start looking at my medicines, like what am I starting to rely? And there, there's a point where that can be good. But then I also see, no, that I the, don't
0: live that way. I don't ever encourage that. To well, be that's, good. That's, you let you your conscience do that in your relationship.
3: Bingo. And that's why I wanted to say, because I, I can yeah. see, I can see myself. I know where my heart's desire is right now going, you know, sitting down and then trying to realize, okay, this, 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 this. But that's where exactly everything you've been talking about, your conscience, where you just live your life. And then when, if you wake up in the morning And you start to get coffee. Let Holy Spirit be the one to say, "Hey, you know, look at this," or something like that. Where we're not, we're not the evaluators of our own life. We don't, you know, we don't need to go around condemning or judging ourselves in a sense. Just let the Holy Spirit say, "Hey, you know, this or that." But in our heart motivation, we I know that I have the temptation. To go home and try to analyze my life in a, with a good motivation. Well, uh, right, a lot of people do of communion, that. Communion. A lot you know? of people do
0: that. They look introspective right. to to find out what's wrong, what's not in line, but they come up with a negative resume, and then they try to work on the things that are negative. Right. But in your relationship with God, your conscience will function and activate. The, the part that concerns me when people have a conviction, they know something's not edifying but they don't address it and they kind of just let it wane. That's where you guys and me need to be great stewards of our life and heart. And if Holy Spirit's gracious enough to illuminate us at all, please follow your convictions. Because what you do is you gray yourself out spiritually, you start getting condemned down the road, or you start talking around what you are already convicted in. And I've seen that happen largely in the body of Christ, where in their relationship, they've grown to a degree where they go, and then they go, and they ignore it. And when you ignore it, you do yourself injustice. So do exactly what he's saying. Let your relationship reveal those things. But when they're revealed, please ask him for wisdom and please let him walk you through it and take your hand through it. And don't ignore it as if you didn't hear it. Because guess what? You did and your conscience knows that. Do you see what I'm saying? There was a time I heard God speak to me and I didn't understand ministry and I didn't want to go back to the office and I was at a workplace and God said, I want you back in the office and I totally ignored him. And two weeks went by and every day I knew I ignored him. Every day. And then two weeks went by and then he waited two weeks and whispered that same thing out to me and I just burst out bawling because I knew I ignored him. Why put ourselves through those two weeks of living under a violated conscience and knowing you're avoiding something instead of letting him father you through it. You see what I mean? So I totally agree. So don't go home and nitpick. That's why I said you can't be condemned by what I said. It's a very touchy topic, but, but it stuff needs talked about sometime like this. Amen? Amen. So we'll, uh, we'll answer questions tomorrow. Why don't we stand to our feet and just thank God. We'll do some more questions tomorrow. We got plenty of them. More, more than we'll get answered actually. Thank you, Father. Let's lift our hands to him, please. Let's just thank him. He's awesome. Just talk to him a little. Just get personal. Just thank him for everything that's being imparted. Just take Shane's heart in closing and just, you know, know that right now you're in the love of God and the grace of God, that your heart's right, that you want him. You wouldn't be in this school if you didn't want him. And Father, I thank you. There's nothing that can keep me from you. Continue to father me, Lord. Continue to lead me and guide me in truth. I want to be everything you've designed me to be by your grace and by your Spirit, not just because I tried hard, but because you're willing to give me the kingdom. So, Father, I receive right now from you. This is a prayer I pray myself all the time. I believe we can pray it and believe it corporately. Father, we don't want one drop of grace available to our lives to miss our lives that Jesus accomplished and paid for. Let it come on us and teach us who we are and what's possible through the cross and resurrection of our king. Let grace abound and let mercy have its way and mold us and shape us in your image, God. Thank you, we're willing. And we say yay. Amen? Amen. 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 Bless you guys. We'll see you tomorrow for the last day of Scripture.